You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. 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 Ten, nine, ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Live on the Exeter Sports Network, it's Exeter Eagles football. Sponsored by Penn State Health St. Joseph Medical Center. On the web at PennStateHealth.org. The new Birdies Inn and Mikey LeBron Realtor. Tonight, your Exeter Eagles are at home taking on the Conestoga Valley Buckskins. Now to the broadcast booth. Here are your announcers, Darren Ziner and Ryan Lineweaver. Good evening. Welcome to the Exeter Eagles pregame show on the Exeter Sports Network brought to you by Jerry Gelliff Media. We'll have all the action between your Exeter Eagles and the Conestoga Valley Buckskins at the top of the hour. But first, these messages. Tonight's pregame show is brought to you by Ole Valley Feed. Holy Valley Feed is the area's best place for pet food and supplies and so much more. Featuring all the prime brands and your pet's favorite food. They also have a customer loyalty program that can pay you back in free pet food on many products. Plus, chew toys, grooming supplies, and snacks too. Holy Valley Feed carries a full line of bird food and suet, as well as coal and wood pellets to keep you warm this winter, which are available for delivery. All of this in unmatched customer service. That's Holy Valley Feed. 143 Cleaver Road in Ole, on the web at olevalleyfeed.com and on Facebook. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. You're listening to Exeter Eagles Football with Ryan and Darren on the Exeter Sports Network. We're coming to you live, Riften, Pennsylvania, Don Thomas Stadium for tonight's game between the Exeter Eagles and the Conestoga Valley Buckskins. Welcome into the Exeter Sports Network booth, along with my broadcast partner, Ryan Alinaweaver. I'm, I'm Darren Ziner. Ryan, welcome back. Back from assignment. That's right, back from assignment. Exeter comes into tonight's game undefeated, 8-0, 4-0 in league play. Last week's impressive 44-22 win over Hemfield. Exeter set the tone early in that one. They got the ball first. They ran off an 18-play, 75-yard drive, setting the stage for the entire evening. And, Ryan, that drive was rather interesting. We expected to see a heavy dose of Richie Karstein from the onset. And while he had a monster night, it didn't happen on that first drive. Six runs by Mason Ritelli, mixing in passes to tight ends, genuine Stutzman, Zach Zandier, Carter Redding had a catch, a single touch, actually a single touch for Richie Karstein in that opening drive. Exeter gets on the board at the 5-11 mark, a 26-yard field goal from Matthew Skipper, and an early 3-0 lead. Well, I'll have to take your word for it because I wasn't at that game. I had to suffer through Cedarcrest and uh, McCaskey, so. But 
well-balanced offense to come out of the gate, and you wouldn't know it looking at the stat sheet. Karstein with 32 rushes to finish off that game. Rotelli with 17 to his credit, and Rotelli ending with 14 pass attempts, a lot of them coming on that first drive. So Exeter showing that they can do it on the ground and through the air, uh, at least through that first drive, and then able to just run it off uh, the rest of the way. After an offensive holding penalty on Hempfield's first offensive play, the Exeter defense showed us what to expect. They force a three and out. Exeter gets the ball on their own 37, just like you said. Eight plays, 63 yards on the drive. Richie Karstein punching it in with a nine-yard touchdown run. Of those eight plays, Richie Karstein made the appearance. Six runs, Exeter up 10-0 at 102 of the first. And the defense forced another three and out. Exeter in a prime situation to really put the foot to Hemfield's throat, but a Richie Karstein fumble set up the Black Knights at the Eagles 27, and with a little bit of luck, the momentum shifted. And this is what I was sharing with you off air, where quarterback Jackson Landis goes back to throw over the middle to Micah Gates. It's tipped at the line of scrimmage, and Andy Garcia, Johnny on the spot, catches it literally three yards beyond the line of scrimmage, runs to the far end, nobody touches him, and the momentum shift in the stadium, everybody held their breath. Now it's 10-7 Exeter. I mean, those kind of things happen, you know, and it's how Exeter responds to those types of things. And from the looks of it, uh, they certainly did so the rest of the way. They put up 20 points in that second quarter despite the, uh, you know, that 27-yard touchdown pass and able to kick it back into high gear. Exeter forced two fumbles, two turnovers, actually, in the second. The second of those was a Miles Brandt INT, returning it to the Black Knights 28. Five plays later, a one-yard Richie Karstein plunge makes it 17-7 with 323 left in the third. The play, actually in the second, the play to break it open, and it was made by the Sneaker Villa defensive player of the game on the very next play. So... Jackson Landis goes back to pass, makes the completion over the middle. Anthony Cachese, using that entire wingspan of his, reaches out, punches the ball free, and ultimately Exeter has it back. Mason Ritelli puts it in the end zone four plays later, and Ryan, it's 24-7 with 121 to go. I mean, Cheese is... The anchor on the defense for a reason. You're talking a big six foot six mountain of a, a kid. I shouldn't say man. He's still only 18. Uh, although he did dwarf you when you went out to interview him that one time. It, it was sad. <laughs> it really was sad. <laughs> hey, but there's a reason. Name Mike Drago Sports uh, Defensive Player of the Week and well deserved, as always. Exeter got a gift then. Hempfield took possession on their own 44 using their artillery of wide receivers. They move the ball with relative ease to the Eagles' five before literally the play of the game ensued. Black Knights QB Jackson Landis drops back to pass. He's flushed out of the pocket, rolling left. As he's literally squaring his, throw, his shoulders to throw, he throws it. Alex Panero Jr. charges him, gets a hand on it, pops it straight up, and all Gavin Reiking had to do was literally wait for the ball to come down. He snags it. 89 yards to the house with no time on the clock. Talk about a backbreaker, and it's 30-7, to Ryan. And Reiking, one of the smallest players on the defensive front. I think I joked about him two weeks ago, and, well, maybe I lit a fire, maybe I didn't. Maybe I won't take credit for any of that. Gavin Reiking, an excellent job so far the past few weeks especially. 
He, uh, two weeks ago when we were here, he was flying all over the field, and he was somebody that Matt Bauer was really impressed by on the defensive end, and really no surprise there that he's taken it 89 yards to the house once he actually gets his mitts on a football. So Hempfield comes out in the third, exploits an Exeter weakness as they score in 28 seconds. They went 65 yards in four pass plays, making it 30-14 at the 11:22 mark of the third. And on a night when we talk about Jackson Landis, 23 of 34, the majority of those 293 yards coming in the second half, Ryan Hempfield wasn't going to go down without a fight. Hempfield with eight rushes last week for negative 17 yards. Meanwhile, putting up 293 in the air on 34 attempts. Like you said, most of those coming in the second half, they didn't even sniff handing the ball off in that second half. And, you know, yeah, certainly we talked about it before that it, not necessarily a weakness of Exeter, but one that hasn't been exploited. They haven't seen an awful lot of quarterbacks that can throw with regular consistency. The first one that they saw was Warwick, and they were getting after him consistently uh, as their quarterback was going for 4,000 yards in his career. Uh, so very accomplished, but they were able to get after him. Last week, a little bit different as they were seeing a, an aerial attack that they haven't seen before this year, and certainly it gave them a lot to chew on this past week at practice. Absolutely did. The Black Knights would have had a chance if they could have stopped Richie Carstein, Mason Ritelli, and the Eagles offensive line. Bottom line is they couldn't. Two Ritelli runs, four Carstein runs later, and it culminates in Carstein's third TD on the night, an eight-yarder. It's 37-14 at the 7.59 mark of the third. And, Ryan, one thing that Exeter did with precision whenever the Black Knights scored, they came back with a score of their own. Oh, it's just the resilience of this team that we've seen them deal with some uh, tough situations, especially early on in the season. Some of them self-inflicted through penalties, through turnovers, uh, but they were always able to bounce back, which was the important thing. So I think without some of that adversity early on in the season, you may not see that later on when they actually have, you know, very good teams to play. Hempfield's a fantastic team. They're looking at district playoffs. So it was a really good win, but it couldn't have started without maybe some of those early season struggles that we talked about so often over the past, over the early few weeks of the season uh, that they were able to really turn it around and have that amount of confidence that, all right, Black Knights put one up on the board. We can come right back and do it to them. And, you know, fantastic job by the Eagles last week. You mentioned Richie Carstein, 32 rushes, 212 yards, those four TDs. Exeter ran the ball 49 times for 282 yards. Of course, you mentioned Mason Ritelli adding 70. He was 10 of 14 passing for 130 yards. Schlaffer added three catches, Zach Zandier three. There are just so many options on this Exeter Eagle team that, of course, tonight a game we expect on paper that they will win, but it really makes a potential trap game because you know they're salivating for next week at Mannheim Central. Well, the Buckskins come in, they take 12 teams in the district playoffs. Right now they're team number 13. They're on the outside looking in, so they need a win here tonight to keep pace. If they don't, they're going to continue staying on the outside looking in for district playoffs. They have a very slim margin that they have to deal with, so they're going to come in hungry. Exeter cannot overlook them. They cannot be looking to next week because – you have to assume Mannheim Central's just across the uh, the river. They're over in Governor Mifflin tonight. So hopefully the Mustangs can take it to them and, uh, you know, give them a run for their money. But, yeah, Exeter cannot overlook 
Conestoga Valley. They're literally fighting for their football lives here tonight and can't look past that. We will be back with more Exeter Eagles pregame after this commercial break. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Birdie's Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdie's has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdie's reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdie's Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. Hurt playing sports? Count on Penn State Health Sports Medicine to help you get back to doing what you love. Weekend warriors and pro athletes get complete care from our skilled sports medicine providers. They'll help you avoid future injuries with a treatment and recovery plan tailored to you. Same day and next day appointments available. Call Penn State Health Sports Medicine at 610-378-2255. That's 610-378-2255. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. Ryan, of course, we gush about the Exeter Eagles offensive prowess. Let's talk about the defense. Last week, Anthony Cachese led the defense. Six tackles, two sacks, two batted balls, a forced fumble. Exeter allows opponents only 57 yards per game, rushing 65 in the air. And as they go forward, we talked about the situation last week as far as the secondary not really being able to see a team that could put the ball up with some efficiency but certainly it'll be something that they'll see tonight and it'll prepare them for next week and we'll see nicely hasn't shown a propensity to throw the ball extraordinarily well only a 45 percent completion percentage six touchdowns six ints we'll see what they get tonight i would anticipate a heavy dose on the ground but you know, certainly looking at uh, what happened last week, could see some through the air as well. And we will go silent for the playing of the national anthem.
Ryan, looking at that flag, it is about as still <laughs> as it can get. It, it looks is, stuck. It is not <laughs> moving at all. That's right. It does look stuck. That's. <laughs> it looks like it was literally just pasted to the pole. Paper mache. So Exeter plus five in the turnover ratio. They've taken it away ten. They've given it up five. Ryan goes without saying, that is something as they progress on through the end of the season, certainly into the playoffs, they're going to have to keep an eye on that. Well, and it comes down a lot to Mason Rotelli. They've given up some fumbles on the ground. Uh, Karstein has, has coughed it up on a handful of occasions, but I think the, the important part, and we talked about it in the past few weeks, is Rotelli being more than just a caretaker, but he's taken extraordinary care of the football. Just one interception the entire year. And, you know, he keeps passing like that. You're giving yourself so many more opportunities by not giving up the football, not handing it right back, uh, especially through the air. Rotelli's done a fantastic job taking care of things, and I would anticipate more of that tonight. And it's not that he hasn't been in, like, situations where he's throwing the ball down the field. I mean, Schlaffers and Deer, they average over 20 yards a catch. So he's putting it up. He's not just throwing dink and dunk screen passes. He's actually throwing the doggone football down the field. Uh, so that's just incredible for him. And like I said, a, a large part of why they've been so consistently good at not turning the football over starts and stops with Mason Rotelli. It absolutely does. And Exeter has elected, or I'm probably a deferral type situation, but Exeter will receive the ball to get started. Nathan Pashley deep inside his five-yard line. And we're going to take a look here. Number 35, David Irwin, will kick it off for the Buckskins. Exeter in their home black jerseys, light blue numbering. Conestoga Valley, white jerseys, black, and, black numbers outlined in red, red helmets. A play caller's dream is what they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can see it. <laughs> So Irwin has the ball on the tee. He's got the okay from the official. He approaches the ball, and we are underway here in Riften. The ball comes down to Pashley at about the 13. He's out to the 30, bangs into a player still on his feet, crosses the 40, gets out to about the 43-yard line. Great return, and that's where Exeter will take over first and 10. Great special teams blocking. He barely had to... Uh change his course of direction at all. I mean, it was just a straight shot up the gut, bounced off one of his own blockers, which kind of slowed him up a little bit, but still able to get it out uh, near midfield to the 43-yard 40, line. Exeter comes from the sideline right over the ball. Mason Ritelli will be in the gun. Richie Karstein will be sidecar to his left. Joey Schlaffer Split out on the left. Carter Redding on the right. There's the snap. He drops straight back. Throws it over the middle. It's He hits Joey Schlaffer at the 37. He's still on his feet to the outside. Tight roping the sideline. Still on his feet inside the 15-yard line. They're going to mark him all the way down to the 10-yard line. 47 yards on the catch and run for Joey Schlaffer. 
And it'll be first and goal for Exeter at the 10. That's what you call some yak right there. Some yards after the catch. Schlaffer, not a great throw by Rotelli. Schlaffer has to come back for it around midfield. He was well covered on that, but he just knew where the football was. He came back for it, and boy, if you can't tell that he's going D1 to Penn State, that showed you everything that you needed to know as he just made some players look absolutely silly going the rest of the way. Here's a handoff to Karstein over the right side. The ball might have come. Well, no, he's still no, battling. He's still, still battling. The way that the players jumped in there, I couldn't tell if the ball was on the carpet or not, but they were still trying to get him down. He ultimately will get all the way down to about the two-yard line. Well, they'll call it the three. So a gain of seven, but second and goal. It was Karstein once again seeking out contact, just going right up the middle, seeking out contact so much that once again he bumps into one of his own blockers, bowls over one of his offensive linemen, hits the truck stick, but just three yards out. Now the ball's on the turf. And the handoff goes to Karstein, and he's, he manages to get it in. Talk about a broken play. Ritelli does a nice job corralling it, getting the handoff. And Karstein is in at the 10-16 mark. On that time, yeah, the ball hit the turf. Not a uh, great snap to Rotelli, but it bounces literally right up into the breadbasket of uh, Richie Karstein, and he's able to take it in from nine feet out. Matthew Skipper waiting for the snap to put it through the uprights. The ball's down, his foot's through it. And it is good. 10-16 to go here in the first. It's Exeter 7. Conestoga Valley nothing. We'll be back after this break. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Sneaker Villa in the Boscov Shopping Center is Exeter's team apparel and uniform center. They do screen printing and embroidery for schools, businesses, and organizations of all sizes. A focus on customer service is what sets them apart from the pack, and a commitment to Exeter sports is what keeps them coming back. Open from 10 to 7, Monday to Saturday, located at 4290 Perky Omen Avenue. Sneaker Villa is a locally owned business. Sneaker Villa, your team store. This is the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. Well, Ryan, three plays. 57 yards. We talked about it before, Exeter getting that engine going early, and they've done it again tonight. Well, and again, it's all right, so they lined up. They saw that they didn't really have much safety help over the top. They were going one-on-one coverage with a lot of the wideouts, and, I mean, that's a recipe to just chuck it up to your six-foot-six tight end in Joey Schlaffer and let him do what he does. Like I said, 47-yard catch to start things off, and, I mean, he caught that maybe 20 yards deep, and the rest, all Joey Schlaffer just making players look silly. So there's a situation with the equipment with Matthew Skipper. So Zach Zandier actually squibs this one to the right side, knocks it out of bounds. So this will be a penalty against Exeter. And ultimately, they'll mark it, and... The Buckskins will have it first and 10. It's not going to change all that much. It went out around the 30-yard line, still an illegal procedure, so not much of a change. And they are going to pick up the uh, the flag, saying that the uh, Buckskins actually touched the football and then went out of bounds with it, so they'll end up just starting with it inside their own 30. 
Yeah, that's one of those where a mistake on the Buckskin player, it's already going out of bounds. He grabs it and his momentum takes him out of bounds. So they mark it at the 29-yard line. That's where it'll be first and 10 for the Buckskins. Mason Knisley is the quarterback. It's a sweep to the right-hand side. He hands it to Ismail Camacho. There's absolutely nothing there. He'll probably lose about three yards. Take him back to the 26. It'll be second and 13. Eagles once again. Jonathan Martin that time in on the stop. Just all over that. Just a simple sweep play going over to the right tackle. Exeter all over it. Loss of just one on the play. Yeah, they actually mark it on the 28-yard line. Yeah, forward momentum, yada, yada. So Kneesley goes back, fires it near side. It's completed. Still on his feet. Gets across the 35. Liam Fisher on the reception. They're going to mark the ball on the 37-yard line. Call it a gain of eight. And it's going to bring up third and three. Yeah, just a simple, almost looked like a screen pass. He wasn't really running much of a route on that, but able to get it and just kind of weave his way through for a good gain of nine. Here's the handoff, trying to go to the right side. Absolutely nope. nothing nope. there. Kyle Lash taking a look. Jonathan Martin. Yeah, I think that was mostly Lash. They just ran right into the middle of that line, and boy, if you're trying to do that against Kachese and Lash, you're not going to get very far. No gain at all. Brings up fourth down. The Buckskins are going to kick it away. Kyle Jankowski kicking it away for the Buckskin. Nason Pathley has his own 30, and before the ball's even snap, flags fly. It's going to be procedure on the Buckskins. So move them back five, and they'll try to kick it again. So the officials mark it off. Takes the ball back to about the 31-yard line. There's the snap, and it's away. It's a line drive. Hits yeah, at the it the 35. Pashley gets away from it. It's around the 31-yard line, maybe the 32, and that's where Exeter will take over first and 10. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a punt quite like that. And then the way that it's stuck in the ground and spun like a dreidel. <laughs> Pashley was like, yeah, I want nothing to do with that. Just left it uh, Just left it spin at the 32. Sometime. First ever dreidel reference on the Exeter Sports Network. How about that? First time for everything, Jerry. 8-10 to go here in the first, 7-0 Eagles. They're over the ball. Ratelli in the gun, Karstein sidecar right. Single receiver left. In motion left to right is Carter Redding. Here's a sweep, he's got it. It's actually, I think, Isaiah Choi. It is. But there's nothing there, they cut him down. We'll call it no gain. It'll be second and 10. I think they might give him a yard. Now we've seen this play. You know, it's that little sweep, that little jet sweep, uh, you know. It will just be a gain of about one. Uh, but, yeah, we've seen that before, usually to great success. It was that play that they ran three times against Lebanon and eventually got a score out of it, this time just a gain of one. They gave him the yard, Ratelli in the gun. He hands it off to Karstein, running right up the middle. 
he gets wrapped up after maybe three yards. It'll bring the ball out to the 38-yard line. And it'll bring up third and maybe a long four. Again, about four or five for Karstein. Again, just good heavy running. And sets up third and manageable, let's put it that way, for the Eagles. Exeter breaks the huddle. Ritelli will be in the gun. Karstein sidecar left, trips left. Here's the snap. He drops straight back. He's looking left. He fires. Oh, oh he hits him over the middle. Intended receiver Isaiah Choi hits him in the hands, but he can't come up with it. So that'll be fourth down, and Exeter will punt. Yeah, Choi just running that slant route, had, you know, decent separation from his defender and hits him square in the hands. Unfortunately, just, uh, you know, falls harmlessly to the turf. Pashley back to punt. He stands at his own 22. Nick Tran is back deep inside the 30 for the Buckskins. Here's the kick. It's high, it's a good kick. Fair catch called for at the 37 yard line and that's where the Buckskins will take over first and 10. So the Buckskins in their sideline huddle. Exeter waits for them over the ball. Clock stopped, 6.43 to go here in the first. McCoy Kneesley brings him out. Nick Tran is in the backfield. Two receivers right, one left. Here's the snap, here's Tran running left. Not a whole lot there, he'll get out to the 39, give him a gain of two, it'll be second down. Exeter once again, depending on Jonathan Martin, coming off his spot there at the linebacker position, just a gain of a couple. Joey Reedy on that right side holds down that end as well as anybody in the county. Yeah, doing that little fake jet sweep as well. You have Camacho coming across the formation in motion as they hike the football. Can easily in the gun. Here's the handoff trying to run right. It's Jaden Johnson. But as you mentioned, pretty much that little try the sweep to the right, there's nothing there. Well, it's, you know, you run the one play, you fake the jet sweep. The next play, you actually do the jet sweep. And that time, Exeter not fooled at all. It's a loss of two. Back to third and ten. Can easily looking to the sideline for the play. It's brought in by Malachi Santana. They break the huddle. Kniesley will be in the gun. Tran will be behind him. Trips left. Here's the snap. And before anything happens, flags fly, and it's going to be a procedure against the Buckskins. Take them back five. Play clock ticking down. And the one thing that you can't do, again, we talk about how tight the margins are when these teams come in, play Exeter. They're looking for a shot at taking down the Giant. And you basically need to play perfect football. And you can't shoot yourself in the foot. And that's exactly what they're doing here now making a third and long. Kniesley comes in from the sideline with the play. He'll be in the gun. Tran will be behind him. Trips left. 
Here's the snap, drops straight back, looking left. There's pressure all over the place, throws it over the middle. It's too high for the intended receiver, Santana. Nate Pashley almost had the INT at midfield. He overshot him. It'll be fourth down. A lot of that is thanks to Anthony Cachese just blowing up the spot of his man on the inside of the line, getting to, you're going to call him Kinesley. I think it's Nisley. I don't know. Did you ever get? Did you get a uh, a pronunciation guide? I do not have a pronunciation guide. <laughs> Either way, he gets to the quarterback. Low line drive, and it takes a Buckskins yeah, bounce. Wants nothing to do with that one. Inside the twenty, it'll roll down right around the eighteen yard line, and that's where Exeter will take over. First and ten. That was well covered, and again, can't blame Pashley there. Low line drive. Just get out of the way, let it roll. We'll pick it up where it finally comes to a stop. I was actually looking at his last name, going through the lineup, thinking, all right, <laughs> Nisley. It looks easily. like Nisley. It's a silent K, maybe. It, it, it could be. It could be. So we'll just call him McCoy. How's that there sound? There you go. There you go. That's not a bad first name, either. Not at all. It's a strong first name. That's the Exeter needs an 18-play drive, so I don't have to go back to pronouncing it. <laughs> Enunciating his yeah, name. Yeah, you'll leave it for me in the second quarter. Sure, why not? Here is Karstein running right, running hard. Gets to about the 29-yard line. Close to a first down. We'll see if they give it to him. Doesn't look like it, but they're nudging that right next to the... Uh... Yeah, now they're going to finally move it. First down, so an even 10 for Karstein. Now up to 24 on four carries. That time, busting through the line, shrugs off a arm tackle. You can see his shoulders kind of knock back a little bit, and you need more than arm tackles to drag down Karstein. Finally got taken out at the legs. Ritelli takes the snap in the gun, gets it over the middle oh. quickly, and it's picked off. Nick Tran has it at the, tw the 30, inside the 25. Uh, pretty much a, an unforced error. Ratelli just kind of throws it up in the air, not really a receiver in the area. Uh, had some pressure on him, which caused him to get the ball out quick, but an early turnover for Exeter. That time they got through the line really quickly. Rotelli, as soon as he got the football, he looked up and he had a defender in his face. And quite honestly, I mean, I won't take back what I said at the beginning of the broadcast, but that one, really a poor decision by Rotelli. Just kind of chucked it up, and usually he can get away with it. But only when your wide receivers are actually expecting a jump ball situation. That time, just throws it up, and it's a lame duck. So we're in the gun. Here's the handoff right up a the middle. Open. It's Tran. There's a lot of room inside the five. He's wrestled down. Looks like they're going to put him at the five-yard line. That's a 24-yard run for Nick Tran. And how about that? That was almost the jailbreak there. I have it at 18 yards. I think it was on the 20 three but that's fine either way not very often that you see things just burst wide open in the Exeter defense and that time getting it all the way down to the five yard line did they have him at the 23 I had it marked at the 29 well anyway it is first and goal here's the handoff to Tran trying to run up the middle and spinning and what have you there's not a whole lot there Maybe a yard gain. It'll be second and goal. 
He's able to get a little bit off of a spin move there, but Exeter able to stack him up. Huge test early for the Exeter defense. Under center, Pull backs back in, in the eye. And another false start. That's right, the left guard moves. It'll take him back five. The third penalty, offensive penalty for the Buckskins on the day. And again, we talk about having those drives, you've got the momentum, penalties will kill you. Like I said, tight margins. If you're looking to beat Exeter, you need to take advantage of everything humanly possible that's thrown at you. Fantastic job. You got an opportunity here off the INT. You're getting in close. You can't, you can't back up five yards. You just can't do it in this situation. Second and goal from the nine. He's under center, backs in the eye. Two receivers right. Here's a pitch to the right. It's Tran trying to get to the outside. Looked like he almost had the corner, but he's run down and pushed out of bounds. Looks like it was Pashley. Bringing the ball out to the five-yard line, so, or let's see, just inside the five. So let's call that a four-yard run, and it's going to be third and goal. Yeah, that time spun around, almost looked like he got him by the face mask, but just ended up spinning him around and right out of bounds. So right back to basically where they started here on the four. He's in the gun, single setback, Tran. Two receivers left, Tran has it. Nope. There is nothing there. He is taken down for a big loss. Martin, Cachese, you name it. They burst that play wide open. Loss of six. They take it all the way back to the 10-yard line. And it'll be fourth down. The Buxton's electing to go for the field goal. We'll try to take the points here. Irwin on for the attempt. 27-yarder. His foot's through it. It's strong enough, and it is good. 150 to go here in the first. It's Exeter 7, Conestoga Valley 3. We'll be back. This is the Exeter Sports Network. State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. Irwin has the ball on the tee. For the Buckskins, Nathan Pashley back deep, stands at his own five. It's in the air. It'll come down to Pashley at the four. He's got the 20. He's got the 30. Ooh. A flag comes in behind him. He's hit up high, taken down around the 32-yard line. It was Dominic Epstein, a 6'2", 200-pound tight end defensive lineman. 
just grabbing him up around the shoulders and tossing him to the turf. And despite all of that, it's going to be a penalty against Exeter. So they'll walk this one all the way back. We'll see where they ultimately place it. They move it back to the 15-yard line. And that's where Exeter will have it, first and 10. We'll see if they're able to shake off the rust of the previous drive. I would imagine that they'll stick to the bread and butter here. Big, heavy offensive line set. Hand off to Karstein, trying to bounce it right. There's nothing there. Ultimately, Nick Tran stays with him. Gets some help from Jeff Fisher. They get him out of bounds. Going to bring him out to the... 20-yard line, call it a gain of five. It'll be second and five. That was Karstein literally trying to shrug off Tran. Tran weighs a buck 60 soaking wet, and Karstein just trying to throw him around like a rag doll. Ritelli in the gun. Karstein sidecar right, single receiver left and right. He's back to pass, looks, brings it down. There's a heavy pressure, and down he goes. They'll drop him around the 17 Oh, correction. Let's see where they're going to put it. They're going to put it at the 18-yard line. So call it looking to see where maybe a loss, of, loss three. of three on the play. Yeah, that was mostly looked like Ashen Taylor, 6'2", 3'10". He got through and really forced Rotelli to step up into the pocket. And by the time that Rotelli decided, oh, I need to escape here and tuck and run, there was just nowhere for him to go. Third and eight for Exeter. Ritelli in the gun, sidecar right. There's the snap. He's back to pass. He's looking. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah, nowhere to go. He can't escape it, and down he goes again. That time, Conestoga Valley bringing the blitz off the right edge. And by that time, I mean, you're using up all your blockers. And if they're not doing their jobs, there's nowhere for Rotelli to go. And once again, that pocket just collapsing around him, unable to escape. Looks to his left. He has guys right there. Looks in front of him. Guys right there. Just nowhere for him to go. Fourth down. Ball marked at the 16-yard line. That's where Pashley will kick it away. Actually, it's Matthew Skipper. It goes off the side of his foot. This is not going to be very far at all. They're going to mark the ball at the 29-yard line. That's a 13-yard kick. I haven't seen one of those since our week one effort against uh, Daniel Boone. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that their punter kicked one straight up in the air that one time. Oh, they call it in baseball a home run and an elevator shaft. That's right. Uh, and that was about it. We've got seven seconds time for one play here in the first quarter. The Buckskins come from the sideline. They'll be in the gun. Tran will be behind the running back. Two receivers left. Tran has it running up the gut. They'll get to about the 26-yard line. Oh, and Exeter is saying the ball's oh, the on the ball's ground. the ball's loose. And indeed, Exeter has it. Tran fumbles on the last play of the first quarter. Exeter recovers, and they will have it to start the second. How about that? 
I don't think the ex I don't think Conestoga Valley even knows. <laughs> Their offense is still out in the field. We've played one quarter. It's Exeter seven, Conestoga Valley three. We'll be back with second quarter action. And Ryan, you're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Getting to know Jim Oswald for Pennsylvania House. Jim is a 20-year Navy veteran and business owner. Jim believes in the elimination of property taxes and fair and equitable funding for all schools. He wants to protect girls' sports and scholarships from unfair competition. He'll work to eliminate pensions for politicians. Jim wants to provide proper funding for fire departments and will work with federal officials to get more funding for EMS through Medicare. On November 8th, your choice for the PA House in the 126th District is Jim Oswald. Paid for by friends of James Oswald. Back here for second quarter action. Rotelli line up and a little pitch play to Karstein. Karstein slams on the brakes, slams it back up field, gains a few, but it looks like there's going to be some holding called against Exeter, and they'll walk it back. Yeah, it's going to be on the right end. It looked like they were trying to turn him inside, got a hold of the jersey, and that's what they called. That's usually what happens. You drag those plays out a little too far and inevitably try to cut it back upfield. The easiest thing to do is just grab on and try to create that hole for your running back. That time Exeter called for it. We'll walk it back 10 yards. This is an opportunity for Matt Bauer. Send in the offense. Try to get him calmed down again. You know, you throw an interception a couple plays ago. You get back in here. Offense doesn't run the way that you, you think it would. But then they're able to get the ball back here again. Just keeping it simple. Handoff right up the gut. Karstein again will gain some of that penalty back. And it's a situation, too, where Exeter is going to try to establish the run. So, yes, second and long or first and long because of the penalty. But uh, they're going to try to establish the run regardless and We'll see if it doesn't wear down that defensive front for the Buckskins as time goes along. Like I said, just trying to calm down the offense a little bit. Things didn't go your way in your last last two drives, really. Go back to basics, and that's what they're doing there with the run to Karstein. Karstein now lining up right next to Rotelli in the gun. One wide receiver split out to either side. This time, Rotelli flushed out of the pocket, rolling to his left. Looking for Schlaffer. Schlaffer now a lead blocker as Rotelli across the 40, 45. He's near midfield. The Mark Zumoff phrase, garbage into gold, is exactly what Rotelli did there. There is the deceptive speed of Mason Rotelli as he's rolling left, being chased by defenders, able to put it into another gear, outrace the defense for a big game. So that should hopefully get Rotelli a little bit more confidence here. Once again, looking down the field, nothing there, spins it outside. You think, all right, he might try to toss it out to Schlaffer, but instead taking it 28 yards himself. Brant in, pitch to Karstein off the right side. Karstein with some running room. He's across the 40, 35 he's brought down. They'll say that he's down at the 36-yard line, so a gain of 15 for Rich. 
toss to Karsteen running right, and he is running downhill in a hurry. And that offensive line doing a great job. He doesn't make contact after a number of yards, ultimately taking it down to the 35 and an Exeter first down. So virtually the same play that they tried running on the first play of this drive. Run it again, this time successful to the tune of 15 yards for Karsteen. First down and 10 on the 35-yard line. Schlopper is split out wide to the left, Pashley to the right. Handoff this time is to Karstein, going off the left side. Able to juke his way across the 30-yard line, taken out once again at the legs. They're not wearing any shin guards, so that's got to sting a little. But able to pick up six. They are running behind Anthony Cachese. Why wouldn't you? Karstein with his hand on his back saying, all right, big fella, lead me along, and indeed he does. Why wouldn't you want to get behind a big six-foot-six tackle? and just let him guide the way. This time, Karsteen over to the right-hand side of Rotelli in the gun. Rotelli looking back, firing the crossing pattern to Schlaffer. Schlaffer is going to get across the 30, maybe the gain of a yard. Ismail Camacho on the tackle, a nice open field tackle for the Buckskins. Not many people can do that against Schlaffer. So a nice... Little pass play there by Rotelli, just trying to get back into the rhythm. But other than that 47-yard pass play, both of Rotelli's passes have gone for just a single yard, one to Choi and one to Schlaffer. Bring up third down and four. World is Exeter's oyster right now. This time Rotelli, quarterback keeper, fakes the handoff, and he's going to get knocked out of bounds, and a big flag coming in from the back judge, and... Likely looking at a face mask penalty here on the Buckskins. Certainly looked like it as he was running left. His head kind of jerked back towards the middle of the field, which would give you the indication that uh, it was a face mask. We'll see what they mark off. It's going to be a personal foul and the face mask against the Buckskins. So he got up to about the 24-yard line by himself. That would have been enough for a first down regardless for Rotelli. And now they'll walk off the penalty. Just half the distance here. They'll mark it on to the 12. Or maybe just a mark off 10. First down for Exeter. Once again, going one wide receiver. Just a big, heavy offensive line. Rotelli this time over to Karstein in the flat. Karstein untouched in for the score. Karstein just flaring out to the right side. Rotelli knew exactly where he was going with it. Just dumps it off into the flat. And Rotelli and Karstein hook it up for Exeter's second touchdown of the evening. Perfect play call. Karsteen out in the flat, nice screen to him. Nobody there, untouched into the end zone, 12 yards for the Exeter touchdown. Rotelli getting back into the swing of things here. Karsteen not used out of the backfield that often as a receiver, but that time, just what the doctor ordered for the Exeter Eagles. The skipper's kick is through the upright saying good. Exeter leading 14-3 with 8.21 remaining. We'll take a quick break and be right back for more football here on the Exeter Sports Network.
hurt playing sports? Count on Penn State Health Sports Medicine to help you get back to doing what you love. Weekend warriors and pro athletes get complete care from our skilled sports medicine providers. They'll help you avoid future injuries with a treatment and recovery plan tailored to you. Same day and next day appointments available. Call Penn State Health Sports Medicine at 610-378-2255. That's 610-378-2255. This is the Exeter Sports Network. 821 remaining. Here in the first half, and a scoreboard update from across the Lancaster-Lebanon League. How about this one? Governor Mifflin currently leading the undefeated Mannheim Central Barons 14-6, I believe, in that one. How about that? This time a kickoff is taken, and they're going to scoot across the 30-yard line or so is where the Buckskins will send out their offense couple first quarter scores for you. Daniel Boone, Twin Valley, they are scoreless. Ooh, barn burner. It is. Berks Catholic, Cocalico tied at seven, and it's Anvil, Cleona 14, Schuylkill Valley nothing. The Dutchman. How about the Dutchman? One of their best football teams in ages out there in Anvil right now. We'll, we'll say it's Nisley. How's that sound? All right. I'm, I'm we'll go Nisley. I think it's a silent K. All right. We'll go with it. Nisley in the gun, and we're already going to have, looks like, a offside on Exeter before the snap. I often wonder how you can call offside before the snap. Oh, it's going to be, uh, never mind, it's on, it's on the Buckskins. Well, oh, here's just like Somebody we. lined uh, up ahead of the football, I guess. Just like we encountered a few weeks ago, it's offside on the offense. <laughs> I'll take it. Must have had somebody lined up off the line of scrimmage, or ahead of the line of scrimmage, should say. How about that? Make it first and 15 then on their own 27-yard line. Man in motion. It's time lining up the pass. They'll try to flare it out, not even looking for it, and that will die in the flat as... That was number 47, Colin Martin, lined up, went in motion, flared out, and he wasn't even looking for that throw. Yeah, that's one of those, I'm going to guess that Nisley had some feeling of pressure. He got rid of that a little too soon. Yeah, it felt kind of like a timing play, and they just hadn't even turned around to look for it by the time it got there. Yeah, that's an old uh, Craigslist misconnection there. This time it'll be second and 15. Stops the clock with 7.56. A little toss play to Tran. Tran going to be met immediately by a couple of Eagles. Maybe he gets back to the line, but nothing there. As, he's, <laughs> as soon as he gets that football, he looks up, and there's two Eagles right in front of him. Jonathan Martin with the speed off the end, just not letting him go anywhere, chases him out of bounds. It'll be third and long for the Buckskins. Can we just talk about Jonathan Martin for a second, too? Because I didn't know... This is his only year of football. He just decided his senior year, hey, I want to go play football. And here he is. How about that? <laughs> Starting at varsity, yeah. Uh, he's been fantastic this entire season. Good for him. We'll bring up third down and forever for the Buckskins. Stops the clock again with 745. This time they have to throw. Chucking it up in the air. That one knocked away. And taking a peek at who had knocked it away there. 
It looks like it was Pinheiro coming through. I think there was a, a little miss route running there. You had two buckskin receivers literally in the same area. And like you said, Pinero came over the top to knock it away. Fourth down, and the Buckskins will have to kick. Well, good timing, too, by Pinero as he was able to get there right as the ball was arriving. But once again, stops the clock. I think that uh, offensive play set took all of about 20 seconds off the clock when it was all said and done. Stops it with 7.40 to go until halftime. Punt team thrown out there. Three men back to block. Punt is away. It's another decent kick. And once again, that's Nigel Meekins just letting that one bounce. He's going to pick it up. And I'm not quite sure what he's thinking there. <laughs> if he's trying to lull the Buckskins to sleep, he picks it up, and he's immediately met by three of them. Those are visions of grandeur that you can scoop it up, come to the near sideline, and take it for six, when in reality, five Buckskins are around you, and you're lucky <laughs> to hold on to it. Well, it was a good thought. Meekins met immediately. That, that might be the coach's reminder, hey, next time, let it go. <laughs> Like I said, if it, if it stops dead, it will be a dead ball. But he's trying to pick it up right before it comes to a complete stop. And like I said, that time the Buckskin's ready for him. Schlaffer lined up wide to the left-hand side here. Looks like they're missing somebody, and Matt Bauer needs to take a timeout. They are missing a lineman. Not quite sure who uh, is the guilty party, but regardless, Matt Bauer will take a timeout, and so will we. 729 left Exeter on top 14 to 3. More to come when we return on the Exeter Sports Network. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. Back here, first down and 10 for the Exeter Eagles on their own 33-yard line. Rotelli in the gun, takes the snap, looking, firing. He has Schlaffer wide open across midfield. And Schlaffer going to get... Tackled from behind by Camacho. Camacho basically leaping on his back. Schlaffer literally has 12 inches on the kid. But that time Camacho able to drag him down from behind, but not until they flip the field. 35 yards on the catch and run. Schlaffer again getting behind Camacho on a slant route across the middle of the field. Well, they haven't done an awful lot of safety help over the top. You can see the safety over here. He's not even looking at Schlaffer. And Schlaffer going right down the middle. That one thrown behind him is, once again, a full foot taller than Ish Camacho. Cannot understate that. Now, when you have a full 12 inches to your credit and you have one-on-one -on -one coverage, yeah, you're going to get the ball thrown in your direction an awful lot here tonight. That is certainly the advantage that you're looking for. 
That's not a full head taller. That's like <laughs> that's like stacking my four-year-old on top of his shoulders. The handoff to Karstein up the gut, and he'll get about half of what they need. Gets down to the 22, so yeah, gain of five. There's the power that give it to Karstein. He moves that pile, ultimately picking up five. Karstein, by my count, his ninth carry for 59 yards. Bring up third down in five with 6.30 left here in the first half. Rotelli in the gun. Karstein right behind him. High snap. Karstein met at the 25. And boy, oh boy, Robbie Swift came right through that line, blitzing up the gut. And he was able to make the stop, a loss on the play. And not many times you could say Karstein was met by somebody and dropped. This will be an interesting call. It's fourth and eight. Looks like they're going to put the offense back out there. I was curious as to whether or not they'd give Matthew Skipper an opportunity here. It'd be about 42 yards. I'm not quite sure what the edge of his range is, but fourth down and eight. This time they throw double safety help over the top. Rotelli looking out in the flat, finally finding Karstein. He's across the 20, flagged down. He's inside the 15, and I would have to imagine it's going to be offensive pass interference. Look, Joey Schlaffer standing <laughs> over Camacho, and they're probably going to call Schlaffer with the hold. You'd have to imagine either a hold or pass interference. If It, it looked like Rotelli was going in Karstein's direction regardless, so it was a drawn-up play that he was going in the flat. So I'm not sure if maybe Schlaffer started his blocking too early. Uh, for that plan pass play. You get that an awful lot on, on screen passes, but that wasn't necessarily a screen. We'll see the referee kind of... Uh, a little more dialogue on this one than maybe you would expect. Well, he looked lost. Now he's in the middle here. He's yelling across to uh, the other striped jerseys across the way talking to I think they're looking to see where the penalty was incurred and ultimately where the ball will be marked and it is going to be holding so they will mark it off from the spot Looked like from the 19 which would take it to the 29 yard line it's going to be a hold So kind of curious, I don't think that they had enough for the first down. Yeah, I, I, we're hearing the chirping here in the box. It's still fourth down. They're going to chuck it up. Schlaffer going for it and not going to come down with it. Instead, intercepted by Jeff Fisher. As Schlaffer, I don't know if he gave up on that ball or or what happened there, but Rotelli threw it up, and Rotelli, his second pick of the day. Yeah, that what was an odd sequence. That was one of those, you just kind of throw it up and see if Joey can come down with it a little underthrown. it's better than a punt, but at the same time, Rotelli now doubling up his interception total in one night. How about that? Came in with one, he'll well, hopefully leave with just three. He's thrown two here in his first nine pass attempts. Buckskins will take over the ball just over the oh. five-yard line. But they were saying, like, if it's a hold, 
you just decline the penalty. They didn't make the first down. You just take the ball, and instead they will run it up the gut here and absolutely nothing doing against the Exeter defense. They'll lose a yard. That time looking in the way of Tran. Yeah, trying to run Tran off left guard and the stout right side having nothing to do with it. Joey Schlaufer, Jonathan Martin again pushing him back. <clears throat> well, the end result is still the Buckskins getting the football deep in their own territory. On the five. This time throwing the football. That one a bad throw thrown over the top of Jeff Fisher. As once again, nicely is what we'll go with. Incomplete, his third straight, missing a wide receiver. It'll bring up third down and 10. And it'll be third and 11, really, on the five-yard line. In my imagination, or is this crowd quiet? It's 14 to three, but you would swear it was the other direction. Let me tell you, Conestoga Valley had their chance. Because when they got that ball back around the 30-yard line, I mean, they easily, they were down 7-3 to three at that point. They could have been up 10-3 to three had things worked in their favor. Instead, they're looking at an 11-point deficit as Nisley stepping back, hits, and complete for the first down. He hits Jaden Johnson across the middle working that slant route. Yeah, one of those he got in between the linebackers. There were some coverages on either side, but he's able to find some open space. Brings it out across the 20-yard line for a Buckskins first down. So he hits Jaden Johnson for 15. Nisley just his second completion for 24 yards. The handoff this time is to Johnson. Johnson doing that little running back sweep trying to find room on the left sideline and nothing there. Gets back to the line, that's it. Bring up second down and 10, the clock stops with 418 left here. Johnson will now line up here in the slot. Nisley. Fakes the handoff, throws to his wide receiver, complete, and whoa, big boy tackle there from the Eagles. Absolutely deck. One of those uh, little... Is that Karstein? One of those little bubble screen types on the left in the flat, and whoever... Oh, Schlaffer. Oh, Schlaffer just came back and decked him. <laughs> What's that feel like, getting tackled by somebody who's 6'6", 230? Good Lord. Sorry, Schlaffer listed at 215. He'll be 230 by the time he gets to Penn State as a freshman. So a gain of six on the play. Another pass play once again, first down. Buckskin is just moving the chains here. So Brant takes him down, but... Once again, Johnson able to get across, get the first down, move the chains. Clock continues to run here. So they get it up to the 35-yard line, a gain of nine. Johnson, his second catch of the day. Nothing too fancy, just some wheel routes hitting him short. This time, hand off up the gut, looking for, I believe, Nick Tran. 
Try and spun down after a gain of maybe four. And a timeout taken. It's going to be an official timeout. Not quite sure why they, uh, we do have an injured player limping off the field for Conestoga Valley. It looks like Shymeyer Hernandez, 6'3", 230, wiggling his way off the field. It's a gain of four for Tran. Nine carries, 25 yards. This time, handoff going off. The running back sweep there and maybe back to the line and stood up by the Eagles was Camacho. Camacho hasn't been able to get anything going. Yeah, trying to take that ball from right to left on the little sweep there, and Miles Brandt holding down the fort on the right side, comes up, makes the play. It's going to be third and long. Camacho, his third touch of the day for negative one yard. Maybe gets a yard on that play. They're going to mark it just shy of the 40. Buckskins with only 10 seconds left on the play clock. They're going to have to hurry here. Offensive line finally up. Nisley looking around three seconds, two seconds. They do get the play off. Nisley drops back, has to escape the pocket, and brought down immediately. It looks like Schlaffer again on the tackle. Joey Reedy came firing from the left-hand side, forcing Nisley out of the pocket, moving up, cleaned up by... Schlaffer, and it's fourth down. Fourth down and six. And finally, Matt Bauer going to take a timeout with 1.45 remaining. Want to preserve that clock for another Exeter drive upcoming here. Like I said, buck 45 remaining here in this one. 14-3 Exeter on top. More to come when we return on the Exeter Sports Network. Selling or buying a house? Call Mikey LeBron of eXp Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. Kyle Schwarber with a first-inning home run has the Phillies on top one to nothing. In case anybody's... Listening to us and watching the game, I think I would like to think that's a very real possibility. They call that with the Schwar bomb. It is the Schwar bomb. It's also uh, Schwarberfest at uh, at Wawa right now. Punt is away. Another low line drive. Spiraling hits Pashley just shy of the twenty yard line. He's out across the thirty. Finally spun down. As once again Jeff Fisher. Active on defense, active on special teams. He's not going to win our special teams player of the game, though. He doesn't get one of the blue shirts from Sneaker Villa. Yeah, everything's coming up Kyle Schwarber right now. He was like 0 for 30 coming into this series. And 
has absolutely lit up, finally seeing the ball better. And well, that's neither here nor there. Maybe halftime we can talk about the fills. As for now, it's 14-3 Exeter on top and a chance to go up by yet one more score with a buck 34 left. Hand off to Karstein. Karstein with a big hole. He's across the 35, going to get tackled inside. Clock will run. Bobby Swift first on the scene for the Buckskins. But a huge hole runs so hard. I wouldn't want to get in his way. <laughs> Eight yards for Karstein. Yeah, neither would I. Karstein this time jukes to his left. He's across and got a first down. Gets out of bounds. That will stop the clock. Good hard nose running from Karstein per usual. And he's close to midfield. Up to the 47-yard line. Nine yards on that run. I was waiting for you. I forgot what, uh, what yard line they were on. This time Rotelli once again flaring it out to Karstein. Karstein running towards the sideline. Scoots back inside. He's across midfield inside the 45. Clock running. Exeter does have... At least one timeout left. They will hurry up and get back to the line. Nine-yard gain. They will spike the football. So Karstein, his second catch for 21 yards. Rotelli now across the century mark on his 10th pass attempt at 105. Clock stopped third and one on the 47-yard line. Plenty of time left, 42 seconds. Sure. Obviously, two play down in distance here, a third and one. The handoff is to Karstein, going off left tackle. He's got Kachese out in front, and he'll get all the way out of bounds. And finally brought down. And he's still down on the ground. I think he might have had the wind knocked out of him here as he was tossed down right by his own sideline. Yeah, I think he's going to try to walk this off. Struggling a little bit. Matt Bauer will come over to him and tell him to sit down. And looks like he's having some problems with maybe that right, right arm, right shoulder. So he'll take his helmet off and he'll need to sit out at least to play. So yeah, he'll take a seat on the bench, and I would have to imagine it's kind of a bummer that's the last that we'll see of Karstein, Zymar Pascal in in his place. They'll line up. Two wide receivers split out wide to the right. Schlaffer lined up around the 35. Instead, they'll look Zandir's way. Zandir around the 30-yard line. He's out. So Zandir, his first catch of the day, goes for six, and he'll make a second and four. Yeah, that's one of those just keeping uh, Rotelli managing this, getting Zandir on the flat, out of bounds, stopping the clock, 33 seconds left, ball on the 30-yard line. And they are looking at Zandir's right shoulder, right elbow. Certainly looks like that shoulder. Have to imagine they'll want to get a better look at it with the pads off. The handoff is to Pascal. Pascal across the 30. 
Taken down again by Jeff Fisher. Around the 25, it'll make the clock run. It'll be a first down. And gets down to the 25-yard line. Gain of five for Pascal. Rotelli drops back, fires across the middle. Schlaffer has to come back for it. And a flag thrown. I think this is going to be pass interference. I would hope so. So that time, Malachi Santana coming up and coming up early on Schlaffer. Again, not a great throw. That one didn't have a whole lot of gas on it from Rotelli. Schlaffer had to stop dead in his tracks and kind of backtrack for it. Yeah, coming back for the ball, and ultimately, as you mentioned, the defender runs right through him to get to the ball. And it is going to be a 10-yard penalty. So regardless, it'll be an Exeter first down. Carter Redding checks in. He'll be wide on the right, and we're going to have a flag thrown here. And this will probably be an unsportsmanlike conduct on the Buckskins. Well, I guess we'll see. It is against the Buckskins. That's a backbreaker. Again, you're talking about slim margins here to try to come into Riften, beat the Eagles. And it is going to be an unsportsmanlike penalty against the Buckskins. And we're going to have a timeout taken, and it's going to be a timeout by the Buckskins. As head coach uh, John Skapansky trying to get his crew back in order here. It's just over 21 seconds remaining here in the first half. It's Exeter 14, CV3. Yeah, that's one of those, I'll say, good call by the Buckskins head coach Skapansky. Obviously, his team's reeling a little bit. Exeter's driving. There's the frustration probably on the pass interference call against Schlaffer. So probably, you know, somebody rips their mouth a little bit, throw the flag. So call them over, get at their composure, try to get them refocus, see if they can't keep Exeter, maybe do a field goal here. What was it, West York that we uh, ran into a handful of their players getting double personal foul penalties? In fact, on twice. The same, twice. Yeah, <laughs> twice. So they basically 60 penalty yards. And their coach didn't really seem to care. He yeah. wasn't upset in the slightest. He's just like, yeah, this is what happens here in West York. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like I said, Conestoga Valley fighting for their playoff lives here. They're number 13 out of 12. Outside looking in in district playoffs. Need a win desperately here to hopefully jump back inside. And you're going to need every little yard and advantage that you can get. That's the tough part. When you come into Exeter knowing you need a win and you're already virtually, I don't want to say you're totally defeated, but certainly, okay, we're going against number two in the state. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So that'll make it first down and goal from the seven. Handoff to Pascal. Pascal slips a little bit, cuts it back upfield. He's down inside the five around the two. He'll gain about five. So he's done well enough here in relief of Karstein. Karstein still with his helmet off here, walking around the sideline. Still trying to kind of roll that right shoulder. It was the hit that he took, one of those where it was pretty much on his side as he's coming to the sideline. He's kind of coming out of bounds a little bit, and he got driven a little bit further on that shoulder. So 
Let's hope that's not too serious. And again, have to imagine they want to get a better look at that shoulder with the pads off. Hard to do it here. And when you're under a minute, you're like, yeah, you're just not coming back in the game. We have Zymar Pascal out there who's run extremely well. Didn't get any looks last week because why would you? Karstein, what was it, 32 times? 32. Four touchdowns. Yeah, why would you even need Pascal in that game? And Ritelli had 17 more, so between the two of them. Let's get big heavy formation. Rotelli, quarterback keeper, in for the score. That will put Exeter on top 20-3 with 9.2 seconds left. And the Eagles tacking on one more. Exeter becoming the second quarter foes here. Last week, they took an 89-yard pick six to the house with no time on the clock. Now 9.2 seconds, they punch it in for the touchdown. So they're using all the time up here in the second in order to punch those leads. It's a 20 to three, Skipper will check in. As will uh, Jameer Frederick running like heck to get along the line there. They were one man short. Spot is down, the kick is up. The kick is through. 21 to three. Eagles on top. Likely one more offensive play left in this one in the first half. It'll be Buckskins football when we return here on the Exeter Sports Network. Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. This is the Exeter Sports Network. Back here in Riften, 21-3, Exeter on top. Just over nine seconds remaining before we hit halftime. As Skipper will line up for the kickoff. And there's the ball control we just talked about. 12 plays on that drive, 70 yards, eating up the clock virtually to the end of the quarter. That's the way to have ball control offense. And we're going to have one more shot here from the Buckskins as they're able to take a line drive. I think it was number 28, Isaiah Sensenig. Ended up taking that one on a beeline right about the 30-yard line. Gets it up to the 47. And they're going to have one shot here to try to pull back some points. Three seconds remaining. Trying to take a look at some. Uh, this is this is one of those, unless you're Aaron Rodgers back there flinging <laughs> up the Hail Mary. <laughs> I mean, they're going trips right. They're going to chuck the, the uh, ball down the field, but you'd have to imagine there's going to be a little bit of trickery here as Exeter across the line early. We'll see if they were drawn offside. I'm going to say they were. It looked like the interior of the line jumped. No, oh, but they will offside. call it Exeter. All right. Offside, encroachment, whatever you want to call it. Five yards, and we'll march him across midfield from the 47 to the 48 of Exeter. A little too anxious there. Not sure if this changes the play call at all. 
Guess we'll see if they come back out in trips right formation. But 21 to three, Exeter on top. Once again, no wind here tonight. That flag still stuck to the pole. So not gonna play a factor here. That one batted up, tipped at the line, will fall harmlessly to the ground, and that's how the first half will end. 21-3, Exeter leading at the break. So when we come back, we'll recap that first half. We'll take a look at the Lancaster-Lebanon League highlights from all the way around the league and see where we will end up landing here going into Week 10. But again, a... 18-point lead for the Eagles going into the break. More to come when we return on the Exeter Sports Network. Musso's Restaurant is Exeter's family-friendly, casual dining spot. Everything from full Italian dinners to sandwiches and more can be had at Musso's. Tuesday is pizza night, Wednesday is spaghetti night, and Thursday is sandwich night. Dine-in or take-out. A great place to watch college games on Saturday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and you can listen to the Exeter Eagles every Friday night on the Exeter Sports Network at Musso's. Family-owned, great food, and great people. Musso's Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue in Exeter. Hurt playing sports? Count on Penn State Health Sports Medicine to help you get back to doing what you love. 
Weekend warriors and pro athletes get complete care from our skilled sports medicine providers. They'll help you avoid future injuries with a treatment and recovery plan tailored to you. Same day and next day appointments available. Call Penn State Health Sports Medicine at 610-378-2255. That's 610-378-2255. Sneaker Villa and the Boscov Shopping Center is Exeter's team apparel and uniform center. They do screen printing and embroidery for schools, businesses, and organizations of all sizes. A focus on customer service is what sets them apart from the pack, and a commitment to Exeter sports is what keeps them coming back. Open from 10 to 7, Monday to Saturday, located at 4290 Perky Omen Avenue. Sneaker Villa is a locally owned business. Sneaker Villa, your team store. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. Selling or buying a house? Call Mikey LeBron of eXp Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football with Ryan and Darren on the Exeter Sports Network. 21-3 Exeter over top of Conestoga Valley here at the break, and, well... How about that Exeter offense finally getting back to it, especially in that second quarter, because Conestoga Valley had a chance uh, on a uh, interception by Mason Rotelli. Uh, they had a shot. They were down 7-3 to at the time. Could have went up, ended up fumbling their chance away, and have never looked back as the Eagles then taking control, now up by 18 at the break. Yeah, you take a look at that first half, very methodical as far as Exeter is concerned. Just mixing in the run, of course. They're going to run with Richie Karstein, but throwing a few pass plays in there. Uh, ultimately, just controlling the ball, moving the ball down the field. Of course, the opening, the opening drive, three plays, the big play to Joey Schlaffer, getting him down deep. But that was probably the big... The, the big uh, reason, if you will, as far as the 21-3, they just played ball control in that first half. Well, you had Richie Karstein touching it 12 times for 73 yards. So picking up right where he finished last game, you know, maybe not to the tune of carrying it 32 times for four touchdowns, but still 12 touches, 73 yards, and added 21 yards through the air, go figure. Ended up with two catches as well, flared out, and uh, – you know, really not much to say. Karstein with one on the ground, one through the air, and, you know, he's, like I said, really just a major part of what makes this offense tick, and you're starting to see maybe a little bit of that playoff offense come in. I think you saw it last week, that kind of getting away from, all right, we're not going to sub out our, our main running back. 
He's our guy. He's going to be running the football 32 times last week, and we're not even going to attempt to sub anybody in. You're probably going to see a lot of that coming up in the playoffs. You'll see a lot of it next week against Mannheim Central into district playoffs and all that jazz. So really what you're looking at is a sneak peek of what's to come. Exeter must have something in their game plan. Last week at halftime, he had run the ball 12 times for 76 yards. So certainly mirroring that this evening, and certainly it's working out to their benefit. Uh, and Karstein just on such a roll right now. He's really grown as the year has gone along. Didn't get an awful lot of touches there in the middle couple of games that they were blowing out Lebanon. Uh, they had a couple of big blowout games. A Muhlenberg comes to mind that he's only touching the ball in the first couple of drives, and then he's sitting the rest of the half. That All that being said, Karstein is still the second-leading rusher in the entire section, the leading rusher in Berks County right now. Uh, so he's really come alive. 212 last week, 73 this week. And again, catching a couple passes. He had two last week for 17 yards. Um, but really, what makes this offense tick, it runs through Karstein right now. The amazing thing is, when you look last year, Colin Payne, Eric Nangle, first-year starters. Then you look at this year, Mason Ritelli and, of course, Richie Karstein, first-year starters just the way that they're bringing kids up in the program and they can step into the limelight and take over and not miss a beat. And as you're talking about Richie Karstein, just the the power, just the confidence that he exudes when he's out there. Of course, you're right. It does make it nice when you can put your left arm on the back of Anthony Cachese and just follow him down for eight yards before anybody touches you. But he brings, he brings an aura to the team where they just rally around him, they jump on his shoulders, and he'll carry him. But again, two more scores here tonight. Now uh, still second in the section behind uh, who we will end up finding uh, next week in Mannheim Central. Mannheim Central, they were down to Governor Mifflin. That was fun to think about, wasn't it? They were down 14-6. to six. Now leading 28-14, to 14. I think they still have some time before the break. Some other second-quarter scores for you. Daniel Boone, 13, Twin Valley, 7. Berks Catholic and Cocalico were tied at 10. Effort of leading the Mules of Muhlenberg, 21-0. Anvil Cleona, 21, Schuylkill Valley, 3. And Wyomissing, 42, Octorera, nothing. What was the other score that we were looking at before then against Lebanon? <laughs> Oh, those the, poor the, cedars. The 50 something, uh, 14 or. Those poor cedars. Yeah. Solanco, that was also one that we have to keep an eye on. They're currently beating Fleetwood 49 to 6. Solanco currently ranked tops in District 3, uh, 5A at least. Exeter number two. Despite Exeter being number two in the entire state in the state rankings, uh, they still have to look behind uh, Solanco when it comes to District 3 just by pure virtue. And I hate to say it, Jerry, it's going to be winning percentage of your opponent. We talked about this this past week about, you know, basically it was a winning percentage of like 250 uh, coming into tonight's game. And, you know, thankfully it'll bump up a bit next week because you're playing Mannheim Central who's undefeated and looks like they're on their way to be 9-0. and But that's really been the big determining factor that Exeter for all of their wonderful things kind of uh, – 
done in by their early season schedule, so to speak. They, you can't really help for who's in your section. It's the first year that they're throwing Lancaster Lebanon League together. You're going to have good teams. You're going to have bad teams. I just don't think that we realized what discrepancy there was. Conestoga Valley's sandwiched right in the middle here at 4-4 four and four coming in. But you have Exeter. You have Mannheim Central, both undefeated. You have Mannheim, or sorry, you have Conestoga Valley at four and four. And to quote uh, Billy Bean and Brad Pitt's character in Moneyball, then there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's the rest of the section, unfortunately. So if you're the Exeter Eagles, you're still looking up at Solanco, and nothing's going to change no matter what they do here tonight. And if you're not quite sure, as far as the power rankings are concerned, we'll switch gears on you, go to basketball. If you pay attention to March Madness, remember all those teams on the bubble, the only thing that they're looking at is strength of schedule as to whether or not it sure. gets them in the dance or not. So same thing applies here, and you're right. That early season, the seesaw pretty much tilted in the version of the 350-pound man, and... Ultimately, yes, it will come back to hinder Exeter as we move forward. I mean, we looked at who they had played early on in the season. You're talking about West York. West York, not very good. Lebanon is ranked 18th out of 19 schools in 6A. You know, you're not playing the best of the best. Uh, and some of that is just based on your early season schedule. Boyertown was 4-4. Four and four. They were the best team that you had faced. Warwick ended up dropping off quite a bit. They're now 3-5 and five after meeting Exeter. So you can't really help for that all that much because Warwick was pretty decent coming in. A lot of your strength of schedule is based on a team that you still have yet to face and will likely be 9-0 and when we travel there next week, and that would be the Barons of Mannheim Central. Now, of course, as we're talking about it, no, we're not poo-pooing anything because think about the game last week against Hemfield. Exeter is a solid team. They came to play. So as much as we talk about the strength of schedule, ultimately becoming a hindrance as we move through the playoffs. This is a very, very good Exeter team, and it'll be really interesting to see when we take a look at numbers and we compare things for next week's game, how closely Mannheim Central and Exeter really are, and that'll be the litmus test as to where this team is. Well, Mannheim Central has benefited as well. Their strength of schedule is even worse than Exeter's right now. Exeter, their opponent winning percentage is about 473 Mannheim Central right now. Their opponent's at 441. So you can't really help for who you're playing an awful lot. Um, it's That's kind of, right. Kind of luck of the draw. Some of this stuff is drawn up well in advance. Uh, Solanco, <clears throat> as unreal as it is, currently their opponent's winning percentage is at 609, right on the verge of about 610. Now some of that is they had that big win against Elizabethtown. Uh, E-Town currently losing, by the way, big time. Um, so they're going to drop even further. But E-Town was undefeated going into play Solanco. They ended up dropping to number five. They're seven and one right now. Solanco also has Garden Spot on the docket. They're six and two. Garden Spot currently up in their game. They'll be seven and two by the by the end of it. Um, but again, they beat Twin Valley. Twin Valley is not a bad team. They beat Conestoga Valley by 20. Effort is a pretty decent school. Uh, you know, that effort, uh, they beat them by, by six. Cacalico's in the thick of things. Lampeter Strasburg, obviously always in the thick of things. Uh, Lampeter Strasburg, that's their only loss this year, 7-1 in the first game of the season to Slanko. So, you know, certainly they'll still be looking up at them uh, by the end of this one. But, you know, who knows by the time that we uh, start looking at next week, 
And depending on what we do against Mannheim Central, could, uh, could be a different story when you look at the uh, District 3 playoff rankings. Jerry wants to go to break and pay some yes, love to sponsors. Yes, they so do. So we'll do that because there's still a buck 30 and uh, nobody's out on the field yet. So we'll take a break, show some love to sponsors, and be back for second half action uh, when we return on the Exeter Sports Network. Hurt playing sports? Count on Penn State Health Sports Medicine to help you get back to doing what you love. Weekend warriors and pro athletes get complete care from our skilled sports medicine providers. They'll help you avoid future injuries with a treatment and recovery plan tailored to you. Same day and next day appointments available. Call Penn State Health Sports Medicine at 610-378-2255. That's 610-378-2255. Musso's Restaurant is Exeter's family-friendly, casual dining spot. Everything from full Italian dinners to sandwiches and more can be had at Musso's. Tuesday is pizza night, Wednesday is spaghetti night, and Thursday is sandwich night. Dine in or take out. A great place to watch college games on Saturday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and you can listen to the Exeter Eagles every Friday night on the Exeter Sports Network at Musso's. Family-owned, great food, and great people. Musso's Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue in Exeter. You're listening to Exeter Eagles Football on the Exeter Sports Network. Of course, a big thank you to Musso's, our halftime sponsor. Absolutely. Thank you, Musso's. Jogging the memory there, Jerry. Thank you. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, boys, we got to mention something here. This week, I got a text message from Tom Legath. I believe it was on Wednesday night at about uh, 5 o'clock. And he said, holy cow, the Exeter girls cross-country team just won the county championship. 30 minutes later, I got another text from him. Holy cow. The Exeter boys just won the county championship. So by my count, that's like seven county championships in the last year. That's insane, isn't it? There's something in the water out here. Dude, there's a three district championships, seven county. Are you kidding me? Now, I'm going to overstep here. Did they say volleyball? The girls' volleyball is playing for a championship as well? The girls' volleyball, I know, is in the semifinals. Okay, semifinals, but obviously progressing Yep. as well. Yep. I think uh, Wilson's also involved in, Who cares I believe, about Twin Valley, if I had to guess. Okay. Jerry doesn't care. We're all about Exeter here. We're all about Exeter is correct. Well, it's good to see Karstein. He's still all suited up here. He's in the middle of the uh, big giant group hug circle that Exeter has to start off the second half. And that right shoulder seems to be moving just fine. Yeah, that's what I was focusing on as well. (laughs) Yeah, he just... uh, He's definitely not going to uh, body slam anyone with that right shoulder either. Yeah, that's right. Made sure to do it with the left. Yeah, he, he did the proverbial, you know, shoulder jump with Joey <laughs> Schlaffer, and it didn't exactly look like he was trying to take Joey out. 21-3, to three, Exeter on top here. And I, I think somebody did uh, super glue the flag to the pole. That thing has not <laughs> moved at all since we've been here. Nope, still the same side of the flag. Maybe the senior prank, I don't know. It's only been uh, maybe once that we've seen that flag move all year. 
I thought it was fake. We had a windy night, didn't we? That, that game when it when it spritzed a little oh, right after half. It was raining. Yeah, the uh, the game we came out of halftime, <laughs> and nowhere. all of a sudden, the only cell in Pennsylvania was over us. We were like Linus. <laughs> we are winding down. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Still one nothing Phillies, by the way. Still one nothing Phillies. What'd you think of that game two loss though? They went up what four nothing early. Uh, I had a bad time. I was sitting in a, uh, I had a uh, West Reading Borough Council meeting, and I'm sitting there in executive session, and I pull up my phone to look at the score, and immediately threw it back down <laughs> in disgust. <laughs> oh god, it was four nothing. I turned on the TV. Nola gives up two homers. I should have stopped there and stopped even looking at the score. And I feel like it's one of those things where if I stop looking. It would have preserved. You were the reason. I was the reason. You were the reason they lost. I so, <laughs> I started tuning in and things just went to crap. So so when I read the Reading Eagle write up about that, it said Council President throws phone and immediately begins cursing. <laughs> well, they wouldn't know because it was a executive <laughs> session. So there's no video there. You can roll with the joke, right? It's our super secret meeting. Somebody Jerry. probably leaked the Facebook Live version. <laughs> So Matthew Skiffer has the ball on the tee at the 40 to get this third quarter underway. His foot's in it. Ball comes down at about the nine-yard line. It's picked up. Camacho running left to right in the center of the field. He gets the 25, stretches out to about the 28-yard line, and that's where the Buckskins will take over first and ten. Yeah, it looked like Pashley got all the way down, makes the stop there. It looked like a handful of Exeter players opting to try to go for the strip that time. Choi was one of them, threw his entire body into it, and that time finally just Pashley wrapping him up solid, shy of the 30-yard line. So Nisley will be in the gun. Tran is behind him. Two receivers right. Motion from left to right. Here's the handoff to Tran running off left guard. There's a hole for him. He'll get maybe four yards. It'll be second down. Maybe Tran. closer to five. Yeah, Tran, his 10th carry, 30 yards. Hasn't been able to get much going. He had that one big gain of 18 on his second carry. And since then, you're looking at one, four, negative six, three, zero, negative one, four, and five yards. So Exeter has done a good job wrapping him up. Second and five from the 33. There's the snap. He looks left, fires left. It's completed. Looks he like hits Epstein. Dominic Epstein or Steen, depending on how you want to say that. You say tomato, I say tomato. Well, they're going to say it was Fisher. So that sounds... A little bit more correct, I guess. Darren, in fairness, you did say Kinesley. I did. Well, we were talking about kinesiology earlier, so I had it on the brain. We are. Joey Schlopper going for kinesiology at Penn State. There you go. First and 10, ball on the 41, handoff to Tran. He runs up the middle, literally gets back to the line of scrimmage and thrown back. So call it no gain. It'll be second and 10. The study of human movement what Joey Schlaffer will be studying at Penn State. He does know how to move. That he does. We saw it on the uh, that big 47-yard pitch and catch to start off the game. 
For about 25 yards of those were him making people miss. And then when he planted that receiver. Also that. Second and 10 ball on the 40. Nisley in the gun, Tran behind him. Fires it to the right. Too high for the receiver. It is incomplete. Trying to hit Kyle Jankowski. It'll be third down. That time he had Meekins on him. Meekins probably got away with a little bit of holding there as he got a handful of jersey when he was trying to turn back for the football, but gets away with it. And Exeter all the better for it. Brings up third and ten. Nisley in the gun. Tran behind him. Trips right. Single receiver left. Here's the snap. Drops straight back. Looks right. Throws it over the middle. It's picked off. Didn't see him. The 35. Down he goes. We're going to take a look to see who it was. Was it? Umarino. Joe Umarino on the pick for Exeter. Out there as a freshman. 6-2-2-10 linebacker, and he's just sitting there in zone. And look what I found. Throws it right to him. I don't think he for once saw him sitting there in the middle of the field. Not at all. So Exeter, he takes it back to the Buckskins 35, where Ritelli's in the gun. Karstein is back in behind him. Takes the handoff, running right. Not a whole lot of room there. They might give him a couple. It'll be second and long. Karstein just aiming for the big pile on the ground that time and able to get a couple of yards out of it. But the second Buckskin turnover, the first was that fumble by Tran when it looked like they might make some hay. Down 7-3, to three, maybe go up on their own. They fumble the football away, and this one nicely, like I said, just throwing it right into the gut of Umarino. Ritelli in the gun. Karstein sidecar right, single receivers left and right. Choi in motion. It's going to be the sweep to the right. He's got some room. He gets the 30-yard line still on his feet. And it's going to be coming back. It probably will. He gets all the way down to the 31. Excuse me, the 26, if I can see where the referee is. But the flag will negate that. So it was going to be a gain of eight. They'll still count it as a gain of eight. I believe holding against Exeter. And once again, got all the way around. It's the second time that they've run that. Trying to follow Karstein out there, and I think it might have been Karstein called for the hold. So second 11, ball on the 37-yard line. Ritelli in the gun, Karstein behind him, single receiver right and left. There's the snap. Ritelli rolling left. He fires. Incomplete. Trying to hit Zach Zandier. Yeah, it's a tough throw. Rotelli's rolling out to, to the left. It's not his natural side. Then throwing across the grain to Zandier has to throw it low because that's the only spot that he can hit Zach. And if you're asking a six foot five wideout to uh, get down low and try to pick that one up off his shoes, uh, that's a difficult proposition for any wide receiver, let alone somebody who's six five. And not only is that throw hard for a high schooler, it's hard for a collegiate athlete and an NFL athlete. So at that point, incomplete, third and eleven. Ritelli is in the gun. 
Nine minutes to go here in the third. He drops straight back. He hits uh, again, Karstein. Karstein on his screen. Running to the left. He avoids one would-be tackler. Goes out of bounds around the 30-yard line. It's going to be a gain of seven. It'll bring up fourth down. Well, put him at the 31-yard line. Karstein, his third catch of the night. And once again, just kind of flaring out here into the flat. Not much for Karstein there. Is he's not looking to uh, gain extra yardage. He was immediately looking for the sideline. So fourth down. Looks like Exeter will go for it. Well, fourth and six. This is kind of right in their wheelhouse. I can open it up. You know Karstein's good for it. And it looks like you have one-on-one -on -one coverage here out on the wide side. And you got a man to draw offside on the hard, hard count. How about that? That yeah, that is something. You could definitely see the hard count. The left end jumps early. That's five yards. Make it fourth and one. Now he really can pull anything out of the playbook. And well, don't be surprised if it's just Karstein or even Rotelli on a keeper here. Matt Bauer likes to keep things simple. Fourth and one. I would not anticipate anything tricky here. Just get the first down. Ritelli in the gun, Karstein aside of him. It's going it to be Ritelli on the quarterback keeper. He'll get the 25-yard line. Inside that to the 24, it'll be a first down for Exeter. Got what he needed. Needed one yard, got two. And that time just Rotelli following his blockers off the right guard and able to get the uh, three feet he needed. First down, Exeter. Ball marked on the 24-yard line. Ritelli comes out in the gun again. Karstein's sidecar to the right. There's the snap. He hands it off to Karstein, who's running left. Not a whole lot of room there. Spins away from one tackler. They're going to give him the, looks like, the 22-yard line. So a gain of four. It'll be second and six. Oh, are they going to give him, uh, let's see here. 22. So yep, the 22. So they got a two-yard gain. Two yards. That's all right. I put it as three on my stat sheet, so I'm already going to have to scribble that out. Karstein having some trouble getting uh, started here in the second half. Again, had that injury in the first. Now acting as a lead blocker for Rotelli. Rotelli gets his knees taken out there as Fisher comes up. Another big hit by Fisher <laughs> as he's been kind of all over the place on the defensive side of the football. And Rotelli coming up limping a little bit. He took a hard shot low. Yeah, the Buckskins have really been aiming for the knees here <laughs> because we've seen them do it a handful of times, not just to Rotelli, but to Karstein as well, just trying to chop them, chop them down like some Redwoods. They gave Rotelli one yard on the play, so it's third and seven, the ball on the 21. Here's the snap. Fakes the handoff. He's rolling right, looks, fires. He hits Zandir, who's got the first down. He's inside the 10-yard line. And we'll see where they mark it. He's inside the 10. Looks to be about the 9. It would be a 12-yard pitch and catch. That time just. And Zandir's down. That tackle looked low. That was another low tackle. Again, they've just been. Chopping these guys down at the knees, I mean, it's probably the best way to take down some some of these tall players. You know, they, you're not going to go up high on Richie Karstein because he's going to shrug you off. 
So you go down low, and unfortunately, these Exeter players taking the brunt of some of these tackles. We've got a timeout on the field. 7.04 to go here in the third, 21-3 Exeter. Are we staying here? Oh, look at that. I set it all up for commercials, and he tells me we're staying here. It, it's too late. I mean, you know, we're going to come back in the middle of a play. We're not doing that. Well, how about this, Jerry? Penn State Health St. Joseph Medical Center is here for all of your health and wellness needs, whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. I believe they're still looking at Zach Zandier. He's now up. He's under his own power, jogging, off, jogging off the field. That's a good sign. Well, Jerry just took that read and uh, threw it. So It's old copy, buddy. It's old <laughs> copy. I'm sorry. That's my fault for not giving you the new one. <laughs> Penn State Health, a wonderful sponsor, regardless of what copy I'm reading. This is where I go for all of my care. <laughs> First and goal for Exeter, ball on the nine. They come out of the sideline huddle. Mason Ritelli a little gimpy as he goes out on the field. Karstein behind him. Single receiver right, left. There's the snap. Karstein has it. He's running off left tackle. Gets inside the five. Mark Looks like the they'll five. give him the five. That's right. So a four-yard gain. It'll be second and goal. Looks like Karstein is still trying to Kind of get rolling here in the second half. Zandir back into the game. So that's good to see. His genuine Stutzman was checked in for him. Ritelli has the play from the sideline. Joins the huddle. 15 on the play clock. Redding and Choi, your wide, wide out split out. Here's the snap, he's in the gun, he looks right, he's flush, throws, pops it in the air, and he makes the grab. We're going to see, it's incomplete. No. The ball popped in the air, and he tried to control it. Zach Zandier, I think, believes he caught it. Zandier will go to his deathbed contending that he caught that football. <laughs> it, was, it was well covered. But Rotelli was really trying to thread the needle there, was knocked up in the air. Zandier trying to basket catch it. And unfortunately may have popped out when he hit the ground. Third and goal from the five. Rotelli hands it off to Karstein, who's running, being dragged down from behind. Justin Corson grabbed Richie Karstein literally from the waist on both sides and Karstein dragging him. Doesn't get anywhere, though. It's no gain, and they'll probably bring Skipper on for a field goal attempt. Yeah, Skipper the kicker in. This one will be a short one. Just 22 yards. So I'd say well within range. Carter Redding. Yep, they'll With put the hold. Yep, they'll put the ball down around the 12. Waiting for the snap. It's back, down, foot is through. 
and it is good. 5.09, or as they're letting the clock run, 5.04 <laughs> to go here in the third. It's Exeter 24, Conestoga Valley 3. We'll be right back. This is the Exeter Sports Network. Sneaker Villa in the Boscov Shopping Center is Exeter's team apparel and uniform center. They do screen printing and embroidery for schools, businesses, and organizations of all sizes. A focus on customer service is what sets them apart from the pack, and a commitment to Exeter sports is what keeps them coming back. Open from 10 to 7, Monday to Saturday, located at 4290 Perky Omen Avenue. Sneaker Villa is a locally owned business. Sneaker Villa, your team store. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. And Ryan, again, where Exeter flexes their muscle, a 13-play drive, even eating up a good part of that third quarter, and that's what they can do to keep other offenses off the field. Well, it's one of the best ways to keep the opposing offense off the field is what a return here. This could be Camacho. It is. He gets across midfield into Eagles territory. They'll mark him right at the 50. And that's where the Buckskins will take over first and 10. Big return. Now just a line drive from Skipper picked up. Again, just following blockers, weaving in and out of traffic. And had enough opportunity there. Got up right to the 50. If there has been something that Exeter struggled with, they have allowed some big returns in the last couple games, so they'll need to tighten that up as well. Nisley comes out in the gun, Tran behind him. There's the snap, here's the handoff. He's running left. Maybe give him two, he's pushed backwards. We'll see where they spot forward progress. Yeah, it's one of those you could see him moving, moving, then all of a sudden the line just goes straight back. But it looks like they'll give him two yards. Brant on the tackle there. Tran now 12 touches, 32 yards. Second and eight, ball on the 48. Conestoga Valley doesn't appear to be in any hurry whatsoever. And winding that play clock down. Inside single digits. Nisley has the snap. It's the handoff to Tran, trying to get in the middle. Maybe give him a yard. He falls forward. It'll bring up third and long. It'll be a generous spot to give him a yard. Able to get back to the line of scrimmage. And, yeah, they'll, they'll give him one. Nearly going through that hole sideways to try to squeeze through. It looked like he fell forward as opposed to actually running for it. Uh-huh. So third and seven for the Buckskins. Nisley in the gun, Tran behind him, two receivers left. One in the slot on the right, he's back to pass. He's looking, fires it up top, and it's picked off on the far sideline, but a flag comes flag in. Thrown. We'll see. Because look. This is one of those they should pick that up because... They should. Hollis has just as much a right to that football as the wide receiver does. And if Hollis is going up for it and he's coming down with it like that, it doesn't really matter what the wide receiver is doing. He's not intentionally going through him. 
He's tracking the ball just like the wideout is. The only thing I can think of is whoever was guarding him on the outside, if they thought he held on to him, is going to be a hold. That quite possibly was it. If it's not pass interference, it's not on Hollis. Yep. So it must have just been a holding call, and that will walk he, that forward. He did have a step or two behind the defender, so there's a possibility that was a grab. So the result of the play will be first down for the Buckskins. Move the ball down to the 37-yard line. And it'll be first and 10. Unfortunate because it was well covered by Hollis. Hollis back in, missing some time. You're talking about a nice big body, 6'2", 203, defensive back. Going up for that football. Nisley in the gun, hands it to Tran, but there is Anthony Cachese to shut the door. <laughs> Absolutely God. nowhere to go. It's going to be a loss back to the 41, a loss of, well, they'll put it on the 40. It's a loss of three, Whew. second and 13. Man, Cachese, when you need somebody to step up, he answered the call there, and he just blew up his defender. He was in the backfield darn near taking the handoff, and that time knocking him back for a loss of three. We are winding down to two and a half to go here in the third. Nisley in the gun, three receivers right, one left, single setback. He's back to pass, throws it over the middle. It's complete to Camacho. Still on his feet. How did he escape that tackle? He was at Almerino the, had him. He was at the 30-yard line. Looked like he was going down, managed to spin out of it. Gets a couple more down to the 28-yard line. There's a flag on the field. So we'll see. Conestoga Valley very interested in the outcome of this and doesn't look like they're thrilled about it. Pass interference on the offense. A couple shoulders were dropping uh, there in the huddle as they were walking backwards. So, yeah, pass interference on the Buckskins. So, as usual, we'll see where they ultimately mark it. I'm not quite sure where that came into play. So it was just a slant pattern coming across. So they take it all the way back to the Buckskin 45. Man. And this is second and a mile. That's a pleasant way of putting it. Second and 28. Good Lord. They walked that back about 20 yards? No, 15, because okay. it was on the 40, That's so they brought it back to the 45. It's been a spot foul. So second and 28 Ooh. for the Buckskin, nicely in the gun. Tran to his left, there's the snap, throws a bubble screen to the left, but it's pretty low. Ultimately catches it, but drops right down to the ground. Well, when you have Joven Hollis standing over top of you, and it's either hitting the deck or... Getting hit by Hollis. Yeah, I'd prefer the uh, turf, too. See him jump up to the line? Woo! He was ready. So it's a one-yard loss. Oh, yeah, Hollis gave him footsteps. So third and 29 with the ball on their own 44-yard line. Yeah. A promising drive absolutely decimated by penalty. Nisley in the gun. He steps straight back, throws it up in a the air. duck. It's caught. underthrown, but caught. Missed and tackle. running oh. free 
He's in. Is Jeff Fisher, and he takes it all the way to the house for 55 yards and a Conestoga Valley touchdown. Well underthrown, but the defensive back had no idea where the ball was. Fisher comes back for it, catches it about the 40 because the ball, he literally threw it straight up in the air. And like he's said, able to outrun the defense. Just an absolute lame duck of a throw. Thrown just as high as he could do it. Not even a rainbow. That thing was like the uh, gateway arch. Straight up in the air and down again. And Man. Irwin on for the PAT. It's on its way. And it's good. 105 to go here in the third. It's Exeter 24, Conestoga Valley 10. We'll be back. This is the Exeter Sports Network. Getting to know Jim Oswald for Pennsylvania House. Jim is a 20-year Navy veteran and business owner. Jim believes in the elimination of property taxes and fair and equitable funding for all schools. He wants to protect girls' sports and scholarships from unfair competition. He'll work to eliminate pensions for politicians. Jim wants to provide proper funding for fire departments and will work with federal officials to get more funding for EMS through Medicare. On November 8th, your choice for the PA House in the 126th District is Jim Oswald. Paid for by friends of James Oswald. This is the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. A third and 29 <laughs> ultimately turns into six for the Buckskins on a broken play. And it's 24-10. It'll give them some life. That's certainly for sure, but like I said I would expect once again Matt Bauer to settle things down on the offensive side of the football. We talked about the 13-play drive that came before that. I would expect more of the same from Exeter trying to close this one out. I would agree. So Irwin's got the ball on the tee. Pashley's back deep, standing at his own five. He kicks it off. Pashley goes under it. He takes it around the 10. He's got the 20, the 25. Doesn't make the 30, maybe Robbie the 28-yard line. That was Robbie Swift coming up with the hit stick. Swift is arguably one of their better defenders. He has 67 tackles, three for a loss, two sacks, one forced fumble. Haven't called his name an awful lot, but we did their own special teams. Looks like they'll bring the ball out to about the 27-yard line. Again, we'll see if they can get Karstein going. He had, you know, a very tough time here so far in the second half. Four touches, just seven yards after 73 in the first. Ritelli's in the gun. Two receivers left. Sidecar right Karstein. He takes the handoff. Looking for something. There's not a whole lot of room there. They'll give him maybe two on the play. It'll be second and eight. Trying to see if maybe it's just the Buckskins keying in on things or if it is maybe Karstein maybe a little hobbled from that first half injury that he's not really seeking out contact the way that he normally does. Can hurt that right shoulder. You're not exactly <laughs> lowering the shoulder You're not into looking anybody. For it. You're not seeking out contact the way that he normally does. That's right. But they will keep him in. We're under 20 seconds to go. Exeter Ritelli in the gun. 
There's the snap. He's back to pass. He's looking. He's looking. He pulls it down. Still looking. Fires there it. You go. Hits Carter Redding. He's at the 50. And a the flag. 45. A flag comes in late. He gets across the 40 down to the 38-yard line. We'll see what happens with the flag. That was a fantastic job by Redding because he came out into the flat. He was wide open out in the flat. Would have had enough for a first down. Rotelli spinning out says, no, 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 you keep going. And working with Rotelli there, he throws it right by the uh, sideline here. Gains an extra, I don't know, 15 yards out of it. But it might be coming back. Wondering if they're not going to call Redding for the pass interference, maybe a push off to get open. Nope, ineligible receiver. receiver downfield. Yeah, a situation like that when the quarterback's rolling out, you've got the offensive linemen, they're, they're doing Just their three counts. Yeah. yeah. Which is a shame. Like I said, doing, uh, doing well there between Redding and uh, Rotelli. And it's going to end up being a 10-yard penalty. Walk him back. Give Rotelli a lot of credit. Just the poise that he has in the pocket. He's rolling out. He's looking downfield, directing traffic, ultimately making the play. Easily could have just tucked it and ran. Probably could have had enough green for the first down, but instead working with Redding, just unfortunate. So the ball looks like it'll go back to the original line of scrimmage, which would be the 27. So call it second and 10. Doesn't look like they're going to run a play. And there is the end of the third quarter. It's Exeter 24, Conestoga Valley 10. We'll be back with fourth quarter action. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gellif Media. State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Byrne Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. You're listening to Exeter Eagles Football on the Exeter Sports Network. 24-10, Exeter on top. Looking to close this one out. Could very likely do so with a decent drive here, but second and 10 on uh, their own 27-yard line. Playing around with the yard markers on the far side. Still playing with it. Just kind of going here and going there. <laughs> Still second and ten up on the board, and now it's like second and five? That's what did it looks like. Did we just gain five yards without even uh, snapping the football? I think we did. It was <laughs> – I had a second and ten from the 27-yard line. Yeah. Might want to start drug testing the chain gang. Well, now it's second and ten again. We're back. All right. There we go. 
That's what happens when you flip fields. You forget where you were standing. Second and ten. Wide receivers split out left and right. Rotelli looking out, trying to find Carstein, throws it out in front of him, off his hands, incomplete. That's a tough one. He had a lot of green in front Ooh. of him, probably the nearest defender, maybe 15, 20 yards away. I think it's become very apparent that head coach Matt Bauer saw something on film that saw that Richie Carstein will have the flat wide open to himself, and he will be able to gain some yards. Karstein with three catches for 27. And nearly a fourth. It'll bring up third down and 10. As they run in the play, 10 seconds left here on the play clock. They're going to have to get a hurry. Now five seconds. Two seconds, they get it off. Rotelli drops back. He's hit from behind. And is the ball loose? I think it was. Rotelli didn't hear the footsteps, and it's going to be Buckskin football. It will, and I believe it was Robbie Swift. You had mentioned he's pretty much the defensive stalwart for the Buckskins. Coming around the back end, Rotelli never felt him. The ball recovered by Wyatt Wolgamuth. Hey, man, credit to the Buckskins here. They've... They're still coming to play. They were down 24 to three. That touchdown kind of gave them some life here. And I mean, if you're Mannheim Central, you're seeing some stuff on tape that hasn't happened at all this year. You're starting to see how you get into Mason Rotelli's head, his third turnover of the game. So the Buckskins will have a chance here to make it just a one score game, throwing the football. That one, I believe, tipped at the line. And it'll fall incomplete. Yeah, Stop. taking a look, uh, the left end, I believe Jonathan, no, it wasn't Jonathan Martin, looking to see who's over there, but needless to say, getting the hands up, knocking the ball down, bringing up second down. Stops the clock with 11.47 left here in the fourth. Two wide receivers split out wide to the right. They'll roll that direction nicely looking. There's probably a hold. He's thrown to the ground as he barely gets rid of the football in time. And have to imagine that the Buckskins will shoot themselves in the foot here. It'll have to be a hold against them. And they'll walk it back. That was Jonathan Martin over there putting Ooh. a hurting on nicely on the far side. That's one of those where if you're playing on grass, you're waking up with a big chunk of grass in your helmet. Thankfully, they're on turf here. So instead, he probably just ate some rubber pellets. I think I'd rather feel the grass rather than rug burn. So that'll bring up second and 27. And well, who knows? Maybe the Buckskins like this. They feel uh, right at home here with second and forever. Just throw it up. Let them come back. Santana running it in from the sideline. Well, you know, Coach Bauer is out there barking at his secondary. So line up. One man in motion. They will just hand off to Tran. Tran going off right side. He'll gain back a chunk of yards. Back across the 35-yard line. 
Reedy in on the stop will bring up third and 23. Well, you needed 29 yards and you got six. Tran, one of his best runs here in the second half. Is he's still being chunking, chucking up some uh, some carries here. Now 15 for the game, just 36 yards to show for it. One wide receiver split out to the right, and we're going to have another flag thrown. And it's going to be on the Buckskins. I think they had 12 men on the field. Must have. You know, walk him back again. Or illegal substitution. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, saw guys. Colin Martin running off the field, number 47, after they were lined up. It's always an easy call when the guy's running <laughs> off the field right in front of you. Nisley will run in the play from the sideline. We'll be joined by Ish Camacho. Camacho will line up over here on the left. He'll be joined by Kyle Janowski as they go trips left. And another flag thrown. Man. Cannot say enough about the Buckskins being wholly unable to not shoot themselves in the foot here as I'm not even sure if they can see the first down marker from where they're lined up at right now. Threes are wild. <laughs> I have heard Merrill Reese describe this situation as third and Birdsboro. <laughs> That's about where they're lined up. They're going to be backed up on the 422 shortly. They, they had the ball at the 22-yard line and have managed to go backwards 22 and, yards. And in an opportunity to put points on the board, cut this game down to just one score, they're going to throw it up. One-on-one -on -one coverage, trying to go back for it. It's thrown out of bounds, looking for Fisher. So even if he got his mitts on it, wouldn't have mattered. So fourth and 32. Yeah, even if he's inbounds making that catch, it's still fourth and long. Obviously, they'd go for it, but like you said, well out of bounds. Brings don't, up fourth down. Don't you have to go for it here? Yeah, I believe so. You're down by 14. So <laughs> They are going to punt it away. Their punter lined up at the 40-yard line. Going to play some field position here. Nearly blocked by Martin. Martin ends up. Touching the kicker. And this one will roll, roll, roll inside the 10 and die at the 9. So Conestoga Valley playing the field position game and betting that their defense can get it done. But, boy, what a golden opportunity that was missed there by the Buckskins. It absolutely was. The defense came up big, forcing the turnover, setting the offense up for a, obviously a short field. But... Like you said, penalties shooting themselves on the foot, and they're not able to convert into any points. I mean, making an uncharacteristic game here out of Mason Rotelli, three turnovers. And again, not that they're they're still within striking distance. Do they if they put points on the board there? And now you're giving Exeter a chance to potentially run out the clock. You know that they can take up nine minutes. 
Rotelli in the gun will run it, or sorry, that's Schlaffer in the gun. Out of the Wildcat, makes one man miss, and he's off to the races. He's at the 40, the 50, nobody to beat. He's going to take it from the nine-yard line. 91 yards goes Joey Schlaffer. Throw six up on the board. Exeter's on top, 30 to 10. So it's a wildcat formation. He runs right, literally just waiting for his blockers to get in front of him. Uh, it looked like he could have been stopped for a couple yards and waited for a blocker, got it. It opened up the field, and he takes it the distance. He didn't have to make anybody miss like he did on that first play of the game. That one just waiting for his blocks to get set up, and after they were, there was nobody out in front. He didn't have to make anybody miss. Once he got to the 20-yard line, all right, well, you got one poor soul coming here at around the 50 trying to cut him off, and by that time, it's off to the races, and you're not catching Joey Schlaffer. Stacking everybody in the box and forget about it. Skipper, leg is through, and the extra point is good. 31 to 10, Exeter on top with 9.04 remaining. It'll be CV football when we return on the Exeter Sports Network. Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. Exeter kicking off, and Buckskins able to bring it out across their own 25. They'll start around the 27-yard line. <coughs> Sorry, I've been dealing with a tickle in my throat the entire night. I've downed two bottles of spring water here and still have that. I may potentially need another. Jerry, not only our fearless leader and wonderful producer, but... Also our uh, water girl as well, or water boy. It's clear. Are, are you sure it's water? It is water. All right. It's water. All right, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> it is water. Philly's on top, three to one. The crowd rejoices. But, man, if this game doesn't feel like a missed opportunity for the Buckskins, I don't know how else you would necessarily describe it. They will try to hand off here and absolutely nothing doing. That looks like Kyle Lash, I believe, in on the stop. And probably a loss of one. Nowhere to go. Now well, maybe, uh, let's see, put it back to the 26. Yep, one-yard loss. One-yard loss. But again, you talk about missed opportunities here for the Buckskins. You need to take advantage of whatever Exeter may give you, and they've done well. They've forced three turnovers out of Mason Rotelli. Uh, which is uncharacteristic, some in very good position too, and they have just not been able to 
make ends meet here as they were going to have a false start again as Ish Camacho gyrating in the slot position called for the false start. How many times is that, Ryan? I How many times has Ish Camacho gyrated for a false start? That I don't know. But no, I, I, I mean, false starts in general, I mean, at least five? half a dozen probably. Yeah, okay. uh, you know, they were down seven to three. They get the turnover from Rotelli that they're able to force. You're like, all right, great field position. You get a score here. You're up 10 to seven on the road against the second ranked team in the state. Now you're cooking with gas and they end up turning the ball over immediately. Because this time they will try to roll out and goodness gracious, absolutely nowhere to go as that's Joey Reedy coming off the right end and just demolishing uh, McCoy nicely into the turf. It'll bring up third and forever again as he drops him back to the 10-yard line. According to my records, I've got the Buckskins with eight penalties. And how many just on that previous drive? Yeah, exactly. Three. Yeah, three of them on that previous drive. But again, you had a chance to go up. You can't take advantage of it. You get a decent field position there off a turnover. Thinking, all right, maybe you can make it 24-17, make a game of it here, and end up all the way back in West Reading. Is trying to just run the ball off right tackle, unable to get it done, and they'll just punt the ball away. So they've had their chances not only to take the lead or at least make it a one-score game and unable to do so. Exeter holding steady. So they'll be able to pull it together here and now back up by three scores. Pashley will be standing on the Buckskin 40-yard line to receive this punt. That one nearly blocked. It's going to take a high bounce. He's just going to grab it and squat. A gain of zero yards for Pashley. <laughs> Gives himself up at the 43. Looked like he was trying to bounce himself on a trampoline. If, if that was the pool, what was he do, trying to do there? You know, he, <laughs> I give it a 6 out of 10. <laughs> it was literally like a kid like jumping up in the air and trying to bounce on his butt on a trampoline. That's exactly what he did. I saw it. As soon as he just said it, I saw it in my head. Stops the clock with 6.18 left to play. I'm going to say he was in pike position. There you go. Looks like Pascal lined up in the backfield with Rotelli. Pascal takes the handoff, bounces it outside. He's tripped up in the backfield. That was Tal Stoltzfus, a solid Lancaster County name right there. He will drop him for a loss of one. about as Lancaster County as it gets, isn't it? It absolutely Spelled is. Spelled F-O-O-S at the end, too. None of this F-U-S stuff. That is a true Stoltzfus. Or sorry, I should say that's Melvin. That's 64. This is the uh, more traditional F-U-S spelling at the end, Stoltzfus. Joy lined up all the way to the left. The handoff is the Pascal. Pascal up the middle, taking on contact. Gets popped by Fisher, gets up and gets another yard or so. A gain of about six. Fisher will be 
in on the stop. Make it third down in about six. Yep, the classic just control the clock. They're winding the play clock down inside five until they snap it. Now under five minutes and third down. Have to imagine he might be looking at some play action fake here, maybe a Rotelli keeper, depending on what he sees. There it is, the fake the Pascal. He will throw out. And he will find, can't tell if that was Stutzman or Zandier. It was to Zandier. And it's only going to be for a few. And I believe that he got out of bounds, so it actually does stop the clock. The one thing that you don't really want to do. A two-yard gain on that one. Yeah. It's their typical kind of third down play call. You do the play fake, you roll out to your right. Zandir on the cross usually has a step on his defender. Did that time, but only getting two. Rotelli looking back, firing, hits his man. And who else would you be looking for in that situation except Joey Schlaffer? And it's enough for the first down. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice problem to have him when you can just send him out in the flat. <laughs> What a safety valve. Hit, hit him real quick. Let him stretch out. Sounds First awful. Down. Gets him for eight yards. Rotelli up to a buck 41 in the air. Schlaffer now after that up to 91. So 91 yards on the ground, 91 through the air for Schlaffer. Not a bad night. 91, of course, on the one play. Yeah, no kidding. 47, 35, and 91-yard plays for Schlaffer tonight. Handoff is the Pascal. Pascal squeezing between the guard and tackle on the left side this time. He will get to about the 25, a gain of four. And yeah, no need to uh, run Karstein here in the second half. He'll finish with 17 carries, 82 yards, a touchdown on the ground, 27 yards through the air as well, and a score. Still, I don't think enough to uh, win offensive player of the game here. Can't imagine who we might be looking at. Might be the guy with a 91-yard touchdown run. Could be. A penalty flag thrown, and it will be against the Eagles. They get second and 10. Well, if this isn't just one of the uh, classic uh, songs for the uh, high school band to play. Reminds me immediately of Blue Chips for whatever reason. A timeout called. Well, I or see a flag, a flag on the far yeah, side mind. of the field. This is going to be one of those and where... Another one against Exeter. Yep, Exeter will... Have to regain some focus here. Two penalties in a row. Matt Bauer talking to his coaching staff. Headset off, just kind of shrugging his shoulders right now. As clock continuing to run regardless of the penalties. So, hey, walk it all the way back to your own five-yard line for all that matters. Pascal tripped up and able to spin forward for a few. He'll get three back. 
If you've never seen Blue Chips, it's a wonderful basketball movie where Shaq tries to act. So does Penny Hardaway. I have probably seen that movie, and much like a, a number of movies, I have seen the same scene 37 <laughs> times without seeing the whole movie in its entirety. I did see it, Ryan. He was terrible, but he was great when he was in uh, Neon Bodeau. No, Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was from Algiers in that movie. Nice. Rotelli dropping back, firing one-on-one -on -one coverage. Picked out of the sky. <laughs> and a touchdown for Joey Schlaffer. 40, or, sorry, 32 yards, yep. 31 yards. There we go. To Joey Schlaffer, one-on-one -on -one coverage, and you just throw it up. And Joey Schlaffer is going to come down with it. Okay, now I think we have our offensive player of the game. Oh, well, if that didn't do it for <laughs> yeah, you, I don't, we, I don't we know what sure to tell you. If the 91 yarder did it, yeah. that certainly helped. Now 122 yards through the air for Joey Schlaffer. Not too shabby. Rotelli's second touchdown throw of the night. That one. Is through the uprights by Skipper. 38 to 10. Exeter on top with 2.46 remaining and a running clock still out of reach. We're almost home free. More to come when we return here on the Exeter Sports Network. Just like we used to do, I'm always walking after midnight searching. Holy Valley Feed is the area's best place for pet food and supplies and so much more. Featuring all the prime brands and your pet's favorite food. They also have a customer loyalty program that can pay you back in free pet food on many products. Plus, chew toys, grooming supplies, and snacks too. Holy Valley Feed carries a full line of bird food and suet, as well as coal and wood pellets to keep you warm this winter, which are available for delivery. All of this in unmatched customer service. That's Holy Valley Feed. 143 Cleaver Road in Ole. On the web at olevalleyfeed.com and on Facebook. That one a line drive kick. Doinks a freaking Conestoga <laughs> Valley player in the head. Exeter recovers at their at the 50-yard line, and they'll be able to run out the clock. High school football, isn't it great? That's what can happen. You never know, and you put a line drive like that off somebody. Man. High school football is fun. Exeter can just wind the clock now. Conestoga Valley, I believe, has all three timeouts, but we'll see if they pocket them here in the final 243. You know, we go back to 105 left in the third, and the Buckskins had just gotten the 46-yard touchdown pass, making it 24-10. We talked about that. Then ultimately, Got they the get the fumble. sack fumble. Couldn't do anything with it, and from that point on, Exeter took over and shut him out. Well, we could be running the clock right now, but we won't because another penalty here on the Eagles. Another offside penalty on the Eagles. Only in high school football can you have offside on the offense. And they must just be lined up in the neutral zone. I'm not quite sure who they're calling it on. And they're even calling it before the snap. Uh -huh. that, that's what doesn't make Not any sense to Not even allowing him to, to get me. back into position if yeah. they were offside. You, you couldn't. You, you could, can line up in the neutral zone, and it might be 
Yep, there it is. Yeah. It's he, he was it's off the, on right the right guard. side. Yeah. yeah. That time they gave him the ability to slide back. Slide back. But oh yeah, he Yeah, he had his hand offside. right on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the most obvious one. Pascal gains maybe about a yard back. Pascal now up to seven carries already here in the second half. The crowd has on the verge of going wild here, I'm sure. It's awfully quiet here. And a 28-point lead here for the Eagles. It's been rather quiet all night. This is what I call methodical domination. They just ran the clock, ran the clock, kept control. Pascal back across midfield. Nice job. I'm not sure if it was meant to be a counter play, but took the handoff, went to his right, reversed course back to the left. Give him six yards. Yeah, scooted past Robbie Swift. Able to get six on the play. Pascal up to 29 yards on the ground. It's the clock now. Underneath 90 seconds left in this one, Exeter will move on to 9-0. and oh. Their best start since they went 11-0. Back, I believe, 2014. Rotelli, the handoff to Pascal. Pascal once again going off the left side. He's going to be close to the first down. He's still, still there around the 40-yard line. We'll see where forward progress gets him. And now you can see the referee say. on the near sideline here. He started on the 40 and slowly started drifting to the 39. I was looking at the official on the far side to see where he was putting his foot, but they're giving him the first down. <laughs> there it is. Well, that must have come from the far sideline then. That's what I was this, looking at. This near guy, he started on the 40 and started slowly drifting to the 39, just kind of leaning in, and then uh, overruled by the far sideline. And now you can line up victory formation. This will be the last play of the game. Knee taken. The clock should be running right now. Our scoreboard operator might want to run the clock down to, to zero. <laughs> Everybody's lining up on the field. The clock still stopped. And, well, all right, now we're good. Your final score, Exeter 38, Conestoga Valley 10. Now we hit triple zeros on the clock. Exeter moving to 9-0. Conestoga Valley likely on the outside looking in for district playoff fate. We'll drop to 4-5. and five. We'll recap this one and look forward to next week's winner-take-all Section 2 game against the Barons of Mannheim Central. We'll also go into that game 9-0. We'll talk about that when we come back on the Exeter Sports Network.
hurt playing sports? Count on Penn State Health Sports Medicine to help you get back to doing what you love. Weekend warriors and pro athletes get complete care from our skilled sports medicine providers. They'll help you avoid future injuries with a treatment and recovery plan tailored to you. Same day and next day appointments available. Call Penn State Health Sports Medicine at 610-378-2255. That's 610-378-2255. Selling or buying a house? Call Mikey LeBron of eXp Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. Sneaker Villa and the Boscov Shopping Center is Exeter's team apparel and uniform center. They do screen printing and embroidery for schools, businesses, and organizations of all sizes. A focus on customer service is what sets them apart from the pack, and a commitment to Exeter sports is what keeps them coming back. Open from 10 to 7, Monday to Saturday, located at 4290 Perky Omen Avenue. Sneaker Villa is a locally owned business. Sneaker Villa, your team store. Musso's Restaurant is Exeter's family-friendly, casual dining spot. Everything from full Italian dinners to sandwiches and more can be had at Musso's. Tuesday is pizza night, Wednesday is spaghetti night, and Thursday is sandwich night. Dine-in or take-out. A great place to watch college games on Saturday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and you can listen to the Exeter Eagles every Friday night on the Exeter Sports Network at Musso's. Family-owned, great food, and great people. Musso's Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue in Exeter. This is the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. 38-10, Exeter on top. They improved to 9-0 this season. Conestoga Valley fighting for their playoff lives as team number 13 out of 12 in the 5A rankings. That will end up in the uh, district playoffs. They are likely... Continuing to be on the outside, looking in, like I said, dropping to four and five um, following the loss for Exeter. They were led by Richie Karstein, especially in that first half. That first half, he racked up 12 carries for 73 yards, finishes with 17 carries, 82 yards. He'll look to cross the 1,000-yard season threshold next week as he needed just over 90 yards to get there tonight. He's got to fall just short, but certainly could get it on just one carry next week on the road at Mannheim Central. That is a really impressive statistic, is it not? It is, especially considering how infrequently he's been carrying the football here during some of these blowout games. Right. That, uh, you know, he's only been looking at four, five, six, maybe seven carries, uh, and then immediately subbing out in the second quarter 
you know, certainly not playing through the uh, the second half. Yep. Games against Lebanon, games against Muhlenberg, um, you know, that they've just been blowing out their opponent. They haven't needed him. And for him to still reach 1,000 yards is pretty darn impressive. A lot of that coming last week that he rushed for over 200. Again, he'll finish with 82 on 17 carries, but also adding 27 uh, catching the football. So Karstein with two touchdowns to his credit, one on the ground, one in the air. Uh, Rotelli finishes with seven carries for 25 yards. Some of that will probably be taken back. Uh, I think I missed one of these sack fumbles on there. Uh, Zymar Pascal, nine carries for 38. And, oh, by the way, Joey Schlaffer just happened to uh, lead the team in rushing with a 91-yard score. Got it from his own nine-yard line. Didn't even have a defender touch him along the way. And to the house, that was the one that sealed the deal here uh, for the Eagles. Welcome yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those, you know, and when I say as far as the methodical domination, it's one of those, you know, the Richie Karstein, where are you down, where are you down? You got the Joey Schlaffer big play, you know, the 46-yard TD, the you know 91-yard run that you mentioned. You just have so many different options, so many weapons that it's it's really hard to game plan if you're a defensive coordinator right now. And uh, they just. It's what you would call an embarrassment of riches. That's exactly <laughs> right. They got to a point where that momentum swing could have been there, but they kept their composure, played their game. Coach Bauer kept them, you know, their mindset where it needed to be, and, and they, they ran away with it. Yeah, and you know what? It happened twice that. They had the opportunity because Rotelli, again, coughing the football up three times here tonight. Two interceptions, one fumble. That first interception put Conestoga Valley in the position to potentially take the lead on Exeter. They were down 7-3 to three at the time. They had fantastic field position after the interception uh, and unfortunately coughed up the football immediately. And Exeter took advantage, went back down the field, ended up going back on top then, or stay should say stayed on top um, but able to again methodically just take it and ultimately dominate on their uh, next possession taking it and ultimately scoring to make it 14 to 3. And let's give Mason Ritelli yes he did struggle a little bit more tonight but he did actually make some decent plays too as far as you know as we've seen all year he keeps his poise back there in the pocket he makes some plays when he has to moves the chains when he has to and you know, not only, of course, being the threat uh, on the ground, but also in the air, too. So uh, certainly we've seen his progression throughout the year. And, you know, maybe this was one of those where, OK, it might have been uh, a little bit of a down game. Maybe you're looking past it, as we talked about. But uh, needless to say, he was able to uh, stay at the helm and, and guide them to the victory. Both of those interceptions coming early in his first nine passes. He did have the sack fumble a little bit later in the game. Uh, it really did seem like the Buckskins for, you know, giving up 38 points, sure, and giving up some big plays. Otherwise, they kind of unlocked maybe a little bit of how to get to Rotelli in the pocket as that pocket had collapsed a handful of times on him. He looked around. There was no way for him to escape. Uh, so certainly they, they game planned well, but... All in all, Exeter still able to uh, to ultimately dominate in a uh, four-score victory. Yeah, CV does have does have and and did have some size there on the defensive line, which again now that actually was a, a pretty good litmus test for the offensive line, because like you said, they were able to get to Mason Ritelli a few times. 
So at that point, as they're playing these teams that have the same kind of size that they do, that they can't just readily push them around, that technique is certainly going to have to play a factor, and they're going to have to protect uh, Rotelli a little bit better. Oh, yeah, and we'll see it next week against Mannheim. That's for, uh, that's for absolute certain. Um, but, again, we saw Conestoga Valley come back. They had a chance to cut the lead down to one score somewhat late uh, and just unable to seal the deal as they just racked up penalty after penalty, literally moving themselves out of scoring range and then darn near backed up onto 422 at one point as, uh, again, we, we talk about how narrow your margins are when you're playing Exeter. And when you have those opportunities, you can't let them go. You can't let them go like that. And they did. And, you know, that's how you're looking at Exeter taking this one handily at the end of the day. And looking ahead to Mannheim Central, I was just looking at some of the numbers that they put up against this Conestoga Valley team last week. And the one thing where if there's a challenge that will pose, of course, Mannheim Central can run the football as well. And they've got a guy, Bryson Armold. He ran 30 times, 218 yards last last week, two touchdowns. So Exeter now will see a team that can do pretty much what they can do, and we'll see how that defensive seven uh, steps up. Yeah, Mannheim Central was down 14-6 to to Governor Mifflin. By the way, they outscored them 49-7 to the rest of the way. So both teams will be undefeated. Uh, looking for Section 2 supremacy next week. Um, like I said, it, it's going to be the best game that we've seen all year, and, you know, it's certainly going to be the biggest test. We talked a little bit about Exeter coming in, how, you know, just by virtue of what their non-conference schedule looked like, what their non-section schedule looked like, uh, that, you know, you're able to, to pick up some easy victories early on in the season. You're playing West York, you're playing Boyertown. Um, and just by virtue of, like I said, having some really good teams in this section, some really bad teams in this section, you're going to get some weird lopsided nature uh, when it comes to your opponent winning percentage. Looking forward to district playoffs, which Exeter all but sealed here tonight and darn near uh, may have sealed a, you know, uh, looking at potentially uh, skipping out on the first week of play and hosting here in Riften. Uh, which will be exciting for everyone, regardless of what happens next week. But, right, right. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have one heck of a battle next week, and we're very fortunate to bring it to you here. And it is going to be a revenge game for Mannheim Central. We went in there last year, and I remember 36 nothing, 36-8 or something like that at halftime, and it was a stunner. So you know Mannheim Central is going to have the guns loaded, and they're going to be ready to come at us full bore. Yeah, I'm pulling up the uh, the stat sheet from last year against Mannheim Central. Obviously a little bit different, but Exeter coming away with a 43-26 victory. Yeah, it was 36-0 at the break. Mannheim was able to put up eight on the board in the third quarter uh, on a 39-yard pass play. But before that, Nangle 22 yards, a safety, Nangle from 22, Nangle from 43. <laughs> Joey Schlaffer with a 31-yard touchdown pass from Colin Payne. Strauss with a 14-yarder, and then Ty Yoakum with the three-yard run in the fourth quarter to kind of seal the deal as Mannheim tacked on a few more at the end. It was 43-8, to eight, and they got some garbage time passes, 40-21-20. Uh, but ultimately, Exeter went in there 
put up 455 yards of total offense, 292 on the ground. And oh, by the way, still a buck 65 through the air as Colin Payne threw for two touchdowns as well. It was an absolute, we were in the booth and the Mannheim Central coaches weren't too very far away. And it was just an absolute stunner. I mean, they, they Exeter, we could do no wrong. And, you know, you read as far as Nangle and J.R. Strauss and Joey Schlaffer. I mean, it was just an absolute offensive juggernaut that they could do no wrong. And uh, it was a great night. And it will feature the top two running backs in Section 2. So, you know, it's one of the uh, things where it's going to be the best running attack that we've seen. Bryson Arnold. He had three touchdowns. He might have had more. Uh, it, it was 28-14 at the half, the last uh, update that we had received uh, from Hunter Phillips out there uh, was a 55-21 at the end of the third quarter. So uh, that doesn't really help <laughs> uh, for, for our perspective. But uh, Bryson Arnold leading the entire section in rushing yardage and rushing touchdowns. He had 20 entering tonight's game. He has at least 23. Uh, so really it's going to come down to how Exeter does uh, stuffing the run. We've seen them do a fantastic job. They're arguably, you know, top five in the entire uh, Lancaster-Lebanon league in, uh, in their ability to stop the run. And it's going to be one of those uh, immovable uh, objects meeting another immovable object. It's, it's going to be a very, very interesting matchup next week it absolutely will and one word that comes to mind if your exeter is disciplined the, on defense sure. they're gonna have to be disciplined they're gonna have to hold their lanes they're gonna have to keep uh, the qb in the pocket they're gonna have to force arnold inside don't allow him to you know bounce those things outside get one-on-one -on -one with a defensive back it's it's gonna be disciplined well you have zach Hahn at quarterback next week for Mannheim central he came into this week 21 touchdowns to two interceptions. He's probably the second best quarterback in the entire section. If you, uh, you know, look at QB rating and Mason Rotelli up there. Then you have Bryson Arnold, who's already run for over 1,200 yards coming into tonight. He's going to be well over that. And by the way, neither of those guys played last year. It, it's one of those wild things about high school football that you look at Bryson Arnold and all the amazing things that he's done this year. By the way, he didn't get a touch in last year's game. He's not even listed. It was Heffernan for four carries for four yards and Novak six for eight. And then Han did throw, uh, you know, four pass attempts last year uh, against Exeter. Not that that will factor in mostly garbage time as Novak was their lead quarterback, but he did throw a touchdown against the Exeter defense. And probably seeing some of those backups here as first teamers next week. Um, like I said, that's... It's one of the weird and wild things about high school football that one year makes all the difference in the world as uh, really nobody of note other than Joey Schlaffer is back here uh, on the Exeter offensive end of the football and pretty much the same for Mannheim Central as Han was their backup last year and, you know, their leading rusher in, uh, you know, didn't even touch the field in that game in Bryson Arnold. So we'll... Uh, get a fresh look at the Barons next week. We absolutely will. Here's a score for you. We're in the bottom of the sixth in Philadelphia. It's the Phillies three, the Padres two. How about them fighting? How about them Phils? We need to go through and name our players of the game, and I kind of have a mental note of who it might be. 
Go for it. I can't it. imagine who our offensive player of the game might be. Uh, it could be a little bit it's, of a stretch trying to come up with that one. It's a tough one, but somehow with over 200 yards of total offense and a handful of touchdowns, Joey Schlaffer, come on down. You're our Sneaker Villa offensive player of the game as Jerry will write down his name to get him one of our handy-dandy T-shirts, courtesy of Sneaker Villa. Obviously, Joey Schlaffer ending with about 122 yards through the air, catching passes of 47-35, and that final one of 31 yards for the score, and then a 91-yard touchdown run as Conestoga Valley opted to punt the football away. Exeter got it on their own nine, and Joey Schlaffer did the rest, 91 yards untouched to the house. So he will be our offensive player of the game. I'd agree with that. Hard to disagree. Otherwise, on the defensive end, I am thinking that one number 53, Joel Omarino, a freshman linebacker with the interception to set up an Exeter score. That will, uh, that will certainly be my pick. And given your thumbs up, I would say it was yours as well. That's where I was going with it, so I agree. I enjoy giving T-shirts out to players who haven't gotten them before. So Joey Schlaffer might have a whole wardrobe of these T-shirts very shortly. But You know, it's funny. Yesterday when I came to uh, <laughs> give, the, give the shirts out to the guys, Cachese got two. And he said to me, he was like, you have a double X? And I said, yeah, I got a double X in here. And I, I couldn't find the double X. He went, okay, give me a large. I'll give it to my sister. <laughs> I guess you really only need one of these shirts. Well, it, the point is I, I, I didn't have the double X. It, it wasn't handy. So I'll give it to my sister. <laughs> but Omarino has not been chosen this year, so that will be his, uh, his first one. So he'll get a, uh, get a nice T-shirt to we wear. We welcome him to the Sneaker Villa Club. And, I mean, I can let you pick the uh, the special teamer, but I uh, my vote would go for Skipper the Kicker, who did uh, toss in a whole bunch of five extra points and a field goal for eight points on the evening. We actually had him last week as well as he was putting his first kickoffs into the end zone. But you know what? I'm willing to go with a back-to-back -back because, let's face it, you know what? You put him on the field, he'll knock it through field goals. He's Mr. Clutch on PATs, so I have absolutely no problem making Matthew Skipper our special team's Sneaker Villa player of the game. Well, they, there you go. Skipper the kicker is second straight player of the game nod on the special team. So once again, thank you to Sneaker Villa for uh, providing those T-shirts and giving us the opportunity to uh, you know, throw some swag at some of these players. Yeah, it's great. Basis. it's great to be able to recognize them, like you said, maybe uh, those players that may not necessarily see the limelight week in and week out, but uh, it's certainly great that we can uh, lift them up here. You know, it's, it's really fun to go and, and give these shirts out because the kids actually are appreciative. You know, uh, the first one I gave out yesterday was to the coach because you guys told me for his 100th victory. Right. <laughs> so I took a piece of white uh, tape, put it over there, and wrote coach of the game. And I said, the first one go. goes to the coach. And, and he, he got this, he, he was like beaming, great smile. I, it's, it's a lot of fun to do this. You guys should join me one time. If I could, I would. When I'm not out of state, I will. There you go. Okay. Okay. 
So next Friday night, 6.45, we will be on the air, I would imagine. Not sure if we have quite everything locked down, but if we need to stand outside a fence and call this game, we will. If we have to sit in my living room. We've done it before. <laughs> <laughs> call up Bruce Badgley. Let's go. Uh, eat wings, drink <laughs> beer, and bourbon, and uh, call the game. Then that's what we do. And that's what we'll do. Now nah, we'll be there. I would imagine everybody and their mother will be there for that one. Mm -hmm. I would assume that we'll see Mike Drago. We'll see the the, uh, the whole slew yeah. of everybody trying to get in the gates there. And like I said, if we have to uh, call it from the stands remotely almost or do it from Jerry's living room, uh, hell or high water, that game will be uh, brought to you here on the Exeter Sports Network. We're going to have great listener numbers for that one. And we remind you, we bring you Exeter football like no one else does. So Every game. Anybody that's going to try to compare us to somebody, forget about it. All right? It is the Exeter Sports Network, hands down. Preach, every, Darren. Every single game. We won't have everything for basketball and wrestling and, and all that. But No, but we're going to cover the majority. But and we're covering boys basketball, girls basketball, wrestling. And wrestling, yep. Same thing at Burke's Catholic. Yep. I'll bring you everything except wrestling. Jerry's going to have to okay. find somebody for that. Yeah, well, well on the way. But regardless, well the way. we will be there as we have been all year long, every single game. We'll uh, even see what the budget pulls out for uh, for district playoffs going forward. Yeah, well, I, I unless they hit me with a ridiculous number, you know, they, if they did hit me last with the same year. They for, were basketball. for basketball. Oh, basketball was insane. But that that's BCI double A. They're ripoff <laughs> artists. <laughs> I tell you, we'll we'll not forget sitting down at uh, at court level there at uh, the Santander Arena. It was it was a special time even if Burke's Catholic lost. That was a fun experience being able to uh, call the Exeter game uh, down there on the floor courtside at Santander. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. But regardless Extra football coming to you like it always has all year long here. It'll happen next Friday night as the 9-0 Exeter Eagles will travel to Mannheim to face the Barons, who are also 9-0, looking for Section 2 supremacy. Exeter looking to lock themselves in as one of the top two seeds in the District 3 playoff rankings as them and Solanco neck and neck. We'll see Solanco believe has Muhlenberg next week so well they'll sure be, loss they'll, for they'll be uh, <laughs> they'll they'll be okay um, but Exeter looking to keep pace that'll be one hell of a game and we're happy to bring it to you 645 we will be on the air 7 p.m. kickoff at Mannheim am I missing anything Jerry I don't think so nah man we're good we fulfilled all our commercials uh, we did all our announcements we we should uh, well you know what we'll do at the first home playoff game we'll do a little uh smooching of the tookus of everybody here at exeter because <laughs> they deserve it i mean they treat us like absolute kings they do we don't have to uh fight for uh seating in the press box we are front and center right here that's right everybody, everybody else fights with us everybody else uh <laughs> you know can can sit behind us and watch the game Correct. And incredibly blessed tom legath here at exeter has been absolutely fantastic in his relationship with the exeter sports network of course the people up here in the booth are always fantastic so we couldn't have asked for anything better yeah it was a great, it's been a great year 
Very fortunate to do what we do. A lot of thanks to Jerry for once again pulling this all together. Year number three for all of this. Hard Jerry. to believe. Started up during COVID. Yeah. In 2020, and here we are three years later. Yeah. How about that? Three football seasons. It's an ongoing concern, boys. <laughs> I started with Exeter girls basketball. God bless me. Yes, you did. Whew. I got to call about two victories that year. Yeah, you, you survived your initial foray. That was me calling up Jerry saying, hey, uh, I can do play-by-play. -play. Would you like to have me do it? And he's like, sure, I'll give you girls basketball. And trial by fire, we uh, Sam Chappelle and I got thrown in there. and uh, It was great, man. It was absolutely great. It was at a time where nothing else was happening. They weren't yep. allowing parents in to, yep. to watch the kids play we were yep. bringing everything live and yep. here we are three years later uh best you know listening numbers that we've uh that we've had so far and can't uh, thank our sponsors enough can't thank our listeners enough can't thank jerry enough for pulling this all together uh from the very onset but thank you to all of them thank you to darren my we'll pleasure we'll see you next week six you'll uh hear our sweet baritone voices bringing you Exeter football for the 10th consecutive week as they look to make a 10-0. And now, gentlemen, on to birdies. Well, you can go to birdies. Okay. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Going, going alone, apparently. Thank you to everyone. <laughs> we'll, uh, you'll be listening to us next week. See you then. Thank you for joining us for your District 3 champion Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. The game has been brought to you by Penn State Health St. Joseph Medical Center on the web at pennstatehealth.org. The new Birdies Inn and Mikey LeBron Realtor. Join us next week for the final game of the season from Mannheim Central when the Eagles take on the Mannheim Central Barons. You can listen to the game at jgmedia.us. This has been a presentation of Jerry Gelliff Media. Good night. Good night.